John Capri, and welcome to episode 100 of We The Gamer Cast. It's the official podcast of WeTheNerdy.com, and it publishes on iTunes, Google Play, and mother-loving YouTube every Monday. Thank you for listening, subscribing, thank you for rating the show on iTunes, and Google Play, and all those other places. Guys, holy crap, episode 100, this is... We're not going to do the whole like rambling on and on and on about my week and all that stuff and what I'm playing and what I'm freaking out about. This is a celebration of everybody who's been part of this show and celebrating Patreon. We made this milestone thanks to you. We are on youtube.com slash we the nerdy. We don't really do a whole lot of video over there. So this is this is the first chance that we're really doing a concerted effort and it's all thanks to your support and uh we're going to jump right into it. My, uh, <laughs> We're going to take a little trip down memory lane in case you guys didn't know what was happening here. I'm getting way ahead of myself. If you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with strangers from the internet. And if you want to be part of the show, it's easy. Just tweet at me at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery Capri. Like the pants. Like so many people that I wish I could say it was 100 people. But there are some, some return guests, some E3 stuff that happens here. I, I don't. I don't really have a hundred guests, although maybe I'm not going to get into the weeds. Somebody out there can do all of the counting, but let's just say I've had many, many dozens of fantastic conversations, some very, very serious stuff, some just getting to know one another. But the thing that the common thing is that this all started as an experiment to see if We The Gamer Cast is a concept that can work in the real world. And you being here today proves that indeed, it is not only possible, but it can reach triple digits. I can't express how grateful I am that people support the show just by listening, by rating on iTunes. And of course, Patreon is the reason that this is now video. And thanks to Patreon, <laughs> this episode, holy crap, this is very complicated. Doing doing uh, the very first video, it sounded like a really good thing to do. This is what I should do for people, like for supporting like that. There are many clips and hope you guys enjoy this this uh, trip down memory lane. We're going to start with my boy, Seamus Mullins. He was the very first one I posted in the Kind of Funny group back in Christmas 2015. So is anybody interested in any of this uh, to be a guest on the show? I didn't even know what it was, and Seamus put up his hand, and he was there. He's been my boy ever since. And uh, right before we jump into a, a clip from him, and this whole episode is dedicated to clips over over the years, over the dozens and dozens, the 100 episodes um, we're going to hear how terrible I was at doing this intro. It's uh, this, this, well, not that this is really that great either, but we'll go back to episode 11 when I took over this show for We The Dirty, and uh, let's get into that right now. Hi everyone, it's me, Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 11 of a brand new, rebooted We The Gamer cast. It's a new show, and I'm your new host. This podcast will always come to you on Mondays, because nobody seems to want to do podcast on Mondays. So I'm claiming Mondays podcast. So there I said it. It's podcast on Mondays. So the radio station that's actually part of that's Radio Adelaide and that's a community radio station. And they sort of they're actually owned by the university that I go to. And so they sort of have a bit of agreement. So as part of my degree, I did a couple of subjects over at the radio station, like learning how to do radio and do things like podcasts as well, recording, speaking, um, doing shows, doing um, breakfast news and stuff like that. Um, this past semester, I was doing um, breakfast news. And I was For four weeks of the semester, I was there from 6 to 9 a.m. doing the news every single morning. Oh, wow. So 
yeah, that was that was full on. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was really fun. So and kind of I finished. You. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, I was just gonna say when like I finished doing all that stuff throughout this year because I'm sort of in holidays at the moment. Um, I was looking for other programs to do, and I knew Zap. Zap's the video game program that we have at the station. And I just was like, oh, I messaged like their Facebook group and started messaging a couple of guys. I'm like, oh, like, do you have a space for me to come on? And they're like, yeah, sure, like, come on. And uh, I did just my second show um, on Friday night, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. That intro is kind of hard to listen to now, isn't it? It's hard to believe, but I mean, back in those days, I actually wrote down the entire thing and read it right off of the page. So, because I was so scared of messing up, I was so scared of saying the wrong thing or forgetting to say something, and I. Uh, I'm glad that I got away from that. But Seamus was the eye-opener, man. Seamus was the guy who stepped up, and he just blew me away. And I'm like, maybe it's not even just about me. I just need to have good guests. And that sort of, like, blew this whole thing wide open. We're going to get to Bobby the Geek Guru in just a second. But before we do that, I wanted to remind you guys, or tell you maybe for the first time, that you can win a month of EA Access. All you have to do is follow we the gamer cast at we the gamer cast and uh, i'm going to tweet out a link that you can tell me your favorite game and i'm going to give one of you guys a chance to play madden 18 for the very first time you get an early trial early access thanks to our friends at xbox canada and veritas um, so be on the lookout for that if you like early stuff and free stuff and football i mean come on who doesn't like football but let's let's keep it going let's uh, keep the memory train going the memory train whatever i'm Let's just do this. What happened was, was Sears was the big store at the yep. time. And Sears Roebuck. And the way it would work is you would get this big, gigantic catalog at Christmas time. Well, you get it throughout the year, but at Christmas time it was always bigger. And you would yeah. flip through and you would order stuff and then you would have to go to the store to pick it up. So you would call it in. My mom would call it in or go to the store and order the stuff. And then they would call us and say, hey, your order's in. You got a week to pick it up. And then you would go wait in this crazy line to go pick up your products that you got. So I saw the NES in there and I said to my mom, can we get it? And she said, yeah. And she said, get that and pick a game out for you guys or whatever. So we did, but it was back ordered. And man, it went six months and still no phone call. And I'm no. like, this is, yeah, man, it was bad. So finally I'm like, I got to do something here. This is nuts. What do I do? So it was like a Saturday morning and I started calling all the local stores. How old now, are you did, at this point? Like you get, you're getting good grades. You're in school, but how old are you? I would point? think I was probably 13. Okay. Okay. Um, right so around you know there, 12, you know 13. Yeah. I, yeah. I got a vibe for what's going on, and and, and I know what I'm doing because I think I was. No, I think I was 11, 10, 11 or 12, because I was in eighth grade. Yep. So I was right around that age. So. I start calling like KB Toys and all the different stores that I thought might have them. So I called a KB toy store, and they go, we got two. And I'm like, oh, my God, no can you way. hold Yeah, they're like, can you, I'm like, can you please hold it? I'll, and they're like, no, you got to come get it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. Flat and, and out, like, no. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we don't hold them. You first come, first serve. So now I have to go beg my mom to please take me over there. So I run out in the kitchen. And I'm like, mom, mom, please. They got one there. Can we go get it? And she's like, yeah, get your brother. We'll go over. And I was like, oh, thank God. So now the whole time, it's the mall's probably 20 minutes from the house. I'm freaking out because I'm yeah. like, mom, you got to go faster. And she's like, <laughs> I'm driving my, I'm driving the speed. Shut up. And she's like, if you don't stop, I'm going to turn around. You ain't getting it at all. Now, so now it's even worse because I can't say anything about her speed she's driving. And 
I also have to worry about some jerk coming in and swooping up my NES. So we get to the mall, <laughs> we run inside, and they got one. They actually sold one just before oh, we walked no. in the door. So they had one left. Uh, we get it. My mom says, you know what? You guys waited a very long time for this. Get two games. So we got um, the original. We got the NES. It came packed with Mario Brothers. Yeah. I got Punch-Out. And, or no, 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 my brother picked up Punch-Out, and then I got Zelda. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we walked out the store with, like, the holy trinity of, of you know, NES, <laughs> of NES games, you know? What's that Jason thing? Uh, did I not go that far <laughs> enough to understand? Jason! Jason! It's, it's from it's from Heavy Rain, so <laughs> I'm so oh, glad I you asked that. It. Okay, it's good. from Heavy Rain on the PS3. It's just like this really really bad part of the game where it's it was a it was a weird game. Like it's it's French made, I believe. Like some of the translations and and carryover, I feel didn't really work out. And so there's this part where. Uh, you're playing the part of a dad and you lose your son and his <laughs> the son's name is Jason. So you're, you're in this crowd and you're like screaming for him, but it's, it's one of those press X for Jason uh, and everybody, even though you don't have to, there's no real prompt. You don't get any payoff for it. Everybody just racked on the X button. So you're just <laughs> shouting Jason, like constantly, constantly. That's so. funny. That's, that's hilarious. I had no idea what it was from. I'm like, why are they always doing this? Why is the outro so so weird? It's so, so yeah. stupid. Yeah, no, I don't even know. It's just one of those things. I think um, James Michalajewski was actually, he reminded me about it. And I'm like, I, I kind of want to have just a stupid thing to, to close out every show. Okay, at this time in the show, we're going to take a quick break from the memory lane. And I wanted to invite Antonio Guillen at BlueBlood02 to the show. And... Because Antonio, you you have always offered since episode God knows when. I'm sure well, it's gonna come in this episode. There, you actually discovered the origins of of Jason. By the way, that's your clip. And uh, but you have always offered advice and help and man hours and design and just passion towards We the Gamer Cast and a few other projects that I've been involved in. I've always been very grateful. I've never taken it for granted. And uh, to show you that, I wanted to thank you in front of everybody who's watching and listening. Uh, I want to thank you so much because the video version of this looks so great because of you. So I want to thank you so much, dude. I I seriously have no idea why you're taking the time. I mean, I, I'm honored and it's awesome that you're, um, you know, appreciative and everything, but I'm just seriously happy to do it. I mean, I've been trying to you know, find the people that I respect, that I look up to, that are doing, you know, great content, obviously, like you, Bobby, um, you know, Xbox Dive, like just so many, so many podcasts and people like Mega Dads, like, I just, it, you're bu I'm building those connections with you guys. And I really want to support you any way I can. And I come from the video production background. So seriously, I was happy to help with creating the video portion of it. I think, um, when I was talking to you, I was like, I really want to keep that energy going that you always like open the shows with. Yeah, so man. I think it fits pretty well. And like, hat off to like Adam, like follow him on Twitter at the art of Adam L. And he got, just, he's uh, getting his spotlight. Don't worry about him. He's getting his I, time. <laughs> I want to, I want to just point at others. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you're doing all the, you're doing all the hard work and heavy lifting, creating this amazing show. And you know, it's, it's just so amazing to you know, look at the community that you're, you know, helping to strengthen and build. And it's, it's just awesome. I mean, thank you so much for the spotlight. Okay. So enough of this, like 
grappling, <laughs> groping each other and patting each other on the back. Talk to me about the, cause like, I, I would have had no idea where to start. And that's what I appreciate so much about you, Antonio, is that like, you're able to take like this stupid concept of like, this is an interview show and here's the music. Now go make a visual towards that. Like once, once you are able to create something out of nothing, that's where like my mind goes in. And that's where like, I get to work together with, with creative people like you to go like that. Let's tweak it. But like, was it a bathroom moment? Were you taking a shower? Were you looking up at the stars? Like what, what inspired you to have like the, the motion and to have the characters move in? Cause I, I had no idea what to expect when, when you said you were up to something on this. It's a, it's a marketing thing. I mean, that's what I went to school for. And like what you really trying to, another better way to saying is you're really trying to find the, the character and the spirit of, you know, what people are putting out there. So, you know, I think We The GamerCast is all about, you know, again, that high energy and making sure that you're, you know, focused on variety because that's what you're getting, like, all the time. And, you know, I think that that kind of comes through in the video we created. There's many different characters around, uh, on the spectrum and, you know, something for everybody, and that's kind of what the show is all about. So when I try to help people you know, you're really just, you have to be familiar with the show and what they're trying to do and put out there. Sometimes they give me some initial like input of, hey, I'm kind of looking for this, looking for that. And uh, honestly, it comes to me in my sleep. And, you know, thank God I just get this like idea <laughs> of how to put those two things together. Because, yeah. you know, whenever you're creating something, uh, you know, in the visual medium, you want that those two things to link, you know, so you want the, the spirit of it and the visuals to all match up. And I think it does, which is great. If anybody out there needs help, um, again, follow me at bluebloodo 2 two B L U B L U D zero two. Go ahead and send me a DM. I I'd love to support people who are trying to, you know, make great content. And the weird thing about these video things is if you're doing like a show like this, you only need a little bit of help and it just doesn't make sense for everybody to like gain all that knowledge to get the production experience mm -hmm. to just make their uh, one video intro. So I already have the knowledge and I'd be happy to help you if I have the time. Um, so, you know, anybody out there who's looking for something special for, uh, you know, video content, I'd be happy to, you know, you could ask me questions or I could help out um, as much as I can. I just enjoy doing it. You're helping me out. I don't know why. I just feel like I'm <laughs> built to, to do video game stuff and to do, you know, intros and things. I have a lot of fun with it. And this, mm. this one turned out great. <laughs> I'm so stoked about it. Even from the very first concept, like you, you were kind of, you threw the first little design to, uh, at me and I'm like, man, he just absolutely nailed it. And I can't wait to scream my first, Hey, and have the cross dissolve in there. And like, obviously this has already happened in this episode, but if you guys haven't already checked out, if you're just listening to the show, like you always do on iTunes and Google Play, check it out, please, on YouTube.com slash uh, This does not happen without Antonio. And we'll get to Adam and Josh later. They helped out as well. But Antonio, this starts with you, man. I am so, so appreciative for your, for your, for your help. And I said it back when you were on the show for the very first time. When somebody offers their help, you let them. And I wouldn't be able to do this without you, dude. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, Sean. Keep up the great work. So a little segment there of Antonio Guillen. Thank you again to Antonio. And we're going to head straight into maybe one of my favorite, certainly fan favorite, Ryan Hewlin. When you, we're going to talk a little bit about fan, writing fan fiction. I've talked to many people about how they uh, leverage their creativity that's inspired by nerdism. So we're going to get right into that and head straight into a dad's dedicated section with Adam Leonard, John Wald, Mega Dads. Uh, then we're going to go Nintendo Dads with uh, Zach Erickson and Justin Masson, plus a special 
um, segment with my boy Jacob Rush from Nintendo Nostalgia. So here it comes. Because uh, I'm because I'm a huge uh, Back to the Future fan. Uh, it was supposed to be like a five part book, but uh, I only got the prologue up. And why five? This... Why? How do you start with like knowing that there's going to be five pieces of the story? Uh, well, because uh, I have like a whole arc. Uh, this I will. I love this. Uh, uh, this I will uh, share with you, Sean. This is because... my trick into like knowing the exact story. By the way, there's yeah. little questions, there's little tricks, Ryan. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> I I assume everyone is familiar uh, with the general plot of Back to the Future. Yeah, it's uh, my favorite movie series of all time. Good I'm. Pick. Uh, uh, really into uh, sci-fi time travel. Uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Emmett Brown. Uh, we start out and he's... Uh, it's in the year we uh, left off. 19... Uh, was it 1982? Short. Sure, just, <laughs> it's your favorite movie. <laughs> you know. Just... Oh, uh, uh, whatever uh, time we find him in. And he... Uh, some men start uh, pulling up to his uh, door uh, of his big, you know, uh, grand estate, the uh, Brown estate, and mm-hmm. they uh, knock on his door. And it's like time police. Okay. They're from a, a prison uh, for uh, time travelers, and they've come to take him away because uh, someone is impert is impersonating him like 50 years in the future uh, committing all of these crimes and he has to uh, him and Marty have to go back to the future to figure out he got clear his name that's a great arc actually the whole um, being accused being framed being accused of a crime you didn't yeah, commit well, good uh, anchor actually- uh, actually, it's just Marty. So Marty has to do this one on his own. He's mm-hmm. contained in uh, the prison for the time being until Marty can clear his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, and in uh, the time uh, prison, uh, I was going to have a lot of nods and uh, potential for a, a crossover. Like I was going to have a gentleman in like a cell uh, twirling a sonic screwdriver. And, what? <laughs> yes. And what is that? That's a reference to Doctor Who. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, uh, no, that's way outside have, my wheelhouse. Uh, uh, I was a uh, great show, Sean. Uh, check it out. It <laughs> used to be on Netflix. Unfortunately, it's not anymore. Um, but uh, anyway, that's kind of the premise. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the rest of it, but it. It gets really intricate. It gets re- it's not it, it may or may not be Doc Brown that's doing this thing. It may be someone with a uh, cloaking technology. Uh-huh. Can you do me a favor when you finish even part of it? Like even just like a a 5 minute scene, yes. something that you that you love. Right. Give it to me. Okay. And I I will collect uh, a, a a bunch of podcasters. This is about right. as close to voice actors as I think we're going to get our hands on. And we'll each play a part. And we'll we'll do we'll tack that, it on to like the end of an episode or something like that. We'll have Ryan that, who is that would be Back to awesome. the Future fanfic like five minute scene. 
acted out by the super indie community of podcasters? Well, actually, my prologue is up. There on, you go. We got to um, find somebody. We need people to to be. Yeah. I don't know who we're gonna cast. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Who gets to be Doc Brown? Who gets to be Marty? Oh man, this could be this could be hilarious. Okay, so not to brag, but I've got Adam Leonard here at the Art of Adam L, and you might be wondering, what the hell is Adam Leonard doing here? He's a mega dad. You're an average dad, and you're right. But I wanted to give Adam a quick highlight, a quick spotlight, because. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, this being the very first We The Gamer cast on video, it looks spectacular and it was all thanks to you, sir, Mr. Adam Leonard. I wanted to thank you so much for I, I don't know artwork. about that, but but sure. You don't know about my <laughs> thank you? I don't I don't know if I'm responsible for, you know, your excellence. Well, but, uh, this is my I'll... way of like passing off if anybody has a problem with it, then it's it's all <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> just sponge meaning? it up. Yep, it's just like Josh Stapleton where I get to say, like, he was the one who went through all of the clips and chopped out all the different segments. So if anybody uh, doesn't like the choices, it's Josh. This, this is this is where you can launch your complaints towards exactly, us. Exactly. Okay, yeah, all right, whatever. I'm so, married, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about, like, the drawings that, that are now featured on there? Like, where did they where did they come from? You you provided a huge list of characters that I could choose from. Like, this must be a collection mm-hmm. that's been going on for a little while. I've been building art for years and years and years. Um, some of it has been used for... Um, some, of the, some of the art that, for example, that's in your intro, I used for a convention that I just attended called 2DCon, and I illustrated these characters and compiled, compiled them to a poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that stuff that I made is just kind of for, for me. Um, yeah. Drawing is what I do to chill, to relax, um, and of course, to build up my skills. Mm-hmm. So as you're watching those little characters fly by, you're like, oh, that one sucks, that one sucks, that oh, one's really stop great. stop it. The great ones are recent. Okay. <laughs> So you can kind of track like a timeline of of um, my progress in your intro. It's kind of cool. Was part um, of that progress like was it? I mean, I'm sure part of it is like uh, the artistry, but also you do you use like a digital screen to like how do you actually create these images? Right. Um, yeah. A couple of a couple of years ago, I bought myself what's called a Cintiq tablet, which is basically just a big iPad that you can draw on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is kind of a way to simplify it. Um, I used to draw all on pen and paper and pencils and all that kind of stuff, but once I started, once I yeah, once I started going digital, it was like a real eye-opening moment. And mm-hmm. as I progress and as I continue to draw and make art for myself and for others, I refine you know the tools that I'm using, the the software that I'm doing. So right now I'm I'm using a Cintiq tablet, mm-hmm. and I draw everything in Photoshop. Okay. So it's kind of going back to freehand drawing. Uh, it's just on the screen and I'm able to use a lot more cool little tools as I go. So hopefully I continue to learn and improve what I'm doing. That's awesome. Well, I, I look forward to one day, hopefully buying link. Hopefully he will be into this. I, I, I hate thinking like you will, you will do this because I really want to learn how to use this, this <laughs> thing. And it would be really like, I would have really th- thought that it was neat. Mm-hmm. What about, talk to me about the transition from going from pen and paper to the digital. Like, was it, was it a fairly natural one? I would imagine that, that, it's sort of frustrating that like something that you would have done so naturally and done thousands of times over on pen and paper. Now all of a sudden you're like, I just want to draw this line. Why can't I draw this line? 
a lot of a lot of it is just like learning learning to walk again yeah. um to steal a line from an awesome foo fighters song nice. uh yeah when i first went digital i didn't have the funds to buy anything fancy so yeah. it was it was just like a, a touch pad that had no screen on it mm -hmm. and so i was illustrating the way i would on paper but my eye had to look forward at a monitor mm. whereas before you'd be looking down at the paper you know yeah. you're looking at where your pen is hitting yeah. um when i first started going to digital i had to retrain my eye to look ahead mm -hmm. now that i've got this cintiq it's a little more it's a little more natural where i can really get precise as i go to the screen um but honestly the 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 biggest the biggest change is coloring mm -hmm. um i used to hate coloring with colored pencils or markers or paint or whatever like i just couldn't stand it when i was using physical media mm -hmm. but now that i've gone digital there's there's it's so much faster and so much more intuitive and you can change things and you know, adjust levels. Um, so the fact that I've been able to bring color to my art in a way that I always wanted to, but never was able to before with physical media is like, that's like the biggest thing right there. So I've talked to people on the show a thousand times about um, leveraging their creativity that they're inspired through video games, either through writing. I This is where I would really like to just surprise you with, and now we're going to jump into the Back to the Future fan fiction, but I unfortunately <laughs> don't have that prepared. Come on, I've been waiting I've been waiting. <laughs> I really wanted it for this episode. It is coming, everybody. It's coming. Not, I have not forgotten Ryan Hewlett. Um, how would you recommend people, like, if, if this is something that people have been wanting to, to jump into, like, what's a good starting point for, for people who want to just, just draw? I just want to draw, man. To draw illustration? Um, well, I would, I would recommend somebody just get a couple of months of Adobe Creative Cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to buy the software outright anymore now you can just kind of rent it month to month or lease it or however you want to so i'd say you know get yourself some photoshop for a couple months mm -hmm. um get yourself a really cheap tablet and just kind of you know dip your toe into that digital medium because it's it's way different uh if you're a person who likes to doodle on pa pen and paper um and you want to get into that field i would say just you know get yourself a really crappy wacom tablet you know mm -hmm. something on eBay or whatever, okay. and get yourself a couple of months of Creative Cloud so that you can test out Illustrator and you can test out Photoshop. I mean, Creative Cloud you can do, that's you know how we edit Megadads is we use Adobe's uh, audio system through there. So mm -hmm. you can do video editing, all that kind of stuff. So I mean, for a guy like me, I always like to be creative in a multitude of ways. Like mm -hmm. it's not just drawing, it's music and it's writing and it's video editing. So uh, I would highly recommend somebody just, you know, Try a couple months for Creative Cloud and see what see what it does for you. That's a great answer because you know I put it off as saying like for other people who might want to get into this. Now I personally have the answer, so now I would like to <laughs> really go ahead and, and do that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Megadads. Where can people find all of the the rest of the art? Also, before I before I get that, I also wanted to say that eventually. Now that I've got all the tools and you've given me all the instructions, I would like to start adding my own illustrations in to join yours. So it'll be great to have like your masterworks of art fly by and then mine that look like they were drawn with the left <laughs> foot of my son with a pen marker. Uh, it's just like and, a scribbly line figure. And yeah. It's like, is that it's a penis a, that just went by? It's a lion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where can people find more of that amazing art and uh, what are the other things that, that you're doing that you want to let people know about? Uh, well, most of my stuff you can find on megadads.org. That's our website. Orgy uh, is what I say. Megadads.org. Well, org. We, you got to spell out the org. We we don't we don't like to do it phonetically. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Or you can check my personal art. I like to uh, upload my stuff on my Twitter, which is at the art of Adam L. Uh, I do a lot of in-progress stuff. Lately, I've just been putting up pictures of No Man's Sky. But when I do get to drawing, I like to put that up on my Twitter as well so you can mm-hmm. check out what I'm doing as I go. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you again. A uh, really quick segment here. I just wanted to give you a quick shout-out and a thank you. And uh, thank you. That is all. You're welcome, and you're welcome. Adam decided to get a PlayStation, and John decided to get an N64. Oh, God, the war, the console war is taking place in the house. The console war in our house was epic. It was just (laughs) unbelievable. We hated each other so much. Oh, my. You wouldn't believe the, the pointless fights we would have. It was just ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. Where... Uh, we'd be like Crash versus Mario, and uh, your controller sucks, and yeah. I got discs, and you got, you know, it's just like every and anything. And you were and adamant about it. Oh yeah, and looking back on it now, I'm like, man, Nintendo 64 was awesome. Oh, that is <laughs> but, hilarious. And even as a kid, like we're playing, we're still living in the same house. You know, uh-huh. we're under the same roof, so we're playing each other's machines. Yep. And I'm like, man, Wave Race 64 is the best, and he's like, man, Resident Evil is the best. <laughs> but then once we once we kind of realize that we're enjoying each other's console, it's like, yeah, but your little third arm on your controller sucks. Yeah, you can't give in. You can't. Yeah. You can't show signs of it weakness. Just, just you know dumb boy arguments so there was video games were like a bonding thing and also a way to uh to get under each other's skin yeah it was an early conversation piece whether you knew it or not like this is something that occupied your mind and everything it's hilarious because usually the console wars are happening on the playground so like what's happening when you guys go to school like are are you guys close i imagine you're close in in age yeah so like you're walking to school like kind of bugging each other about video games and you get there and I'm sure you've got friends who are on one side of the console war versus the other and then that takes on a whole shape like this is I haven't I haven't seen is this a does this take form in the comic in the Megadads comic there has to be a flashback kind of episode oh we haven't yet getting completely out of hand like this is totally a South Park episode yeah but in oh my goodness this is incredible it was it was just kind of like absurd and I would love to go back in time and kind of watch it from the outside because we like I said, we were living together and we were playing each equally. Right. I would play Nintendo sixty four just as much as he would play PlayStation. So what was the fight about? What but was I think it about when you're it? a teenage I think when you're a teenage boy you're just looking for something to fight about. Sure. Especially when it's your brother. Like you mm-hmm. just gotta you just gotta fight with your brother because you're cooler than he is, right? No matter what. Our comic strip selves. Uh-huh. Since they both get a little exaggerated. I think I'm a little bit more of the um the physical goofball pratfall yeah. buffoon humor, and he's a little bit more of the dry, sarcastic, smartass humor. Yeah, he's very cerebral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where does so. it, where do you, like where does the comedy come from for you? Like, were you guys just like sitting around the TV watching? Like, I imagine you guys watching like Monty Python because of the the dry humor that comes in. Like, where mm-hmm. what are the comedy greats? Oh my gosh. Um... I don't know George Carlin. Oh, nice. My, yeah, he, he's probably my all-time all-time favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm hesitant to say Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the clean comic. Growing up, mm-hmm. huge Bill Cosby fan before he was a you know serial criminal, serial rapist. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll never you'll never slam your face into a big pile of jello pudding ever <laughs> the same no. ever again. I can't even watch the comedy Was he show talking more, about jello pudding? Is that what he was that was he like was there yeah. something hidden maybe maybe he was telling us something all along. Right. It was a cry for help this whole time and nobody mm-hmm. listened. Um so yeah, I you know, we I don't think we sought out to be like a funny show. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, cuz the show was born out of just the conversations that we would have all the time, anytime we got together, mm-hmm. you know, we would have those conversations in real life, you know, anytime we got together and annoy the crap out of our wives and our families. <laughs> um, and, and we always chuckled and we thought he, that we were hilarious. Yep. Um, so we thought, you know, let's, let's maybe somebody else thinks, maybe somebody else likes this style or our sense of humor. So let's record, let's record these conversations and throw that up there and, see what people think yeah and i want to give a shout out to adam's episode um because he sort of went over he gave you a little bit of credit for starting the facebook group back in before it was even a podcast Mm -hmm. um and but you he said that you were the brains of the operation like what exactly does that does that mean to be the brains of the mega dads or is that even true maybe he's lying maybe that's the other reason i wanted to have you on it's just to fact check adam a little bit where where were you with Nintendo at the time? Were you were you diehard Nintendo fan? Were you lapsed Nintendo fan? Were you kind of like where were you with your relationship with Nintendo uh, when when this uh, it's idea been came? So out? it's funny because I go back like I even when I was when I was doing Infendo, um, mm-hmm. I like especially in the Wii era, I was very I actually was very critical of Nintendo. Yeah, um, like I I the idea of the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, I've never liked it. You know, I, I think it's okay as a, a standard, you know, as for Wii Sports, a Wii yeah. Sports controller, I think it's okay for, and I think they made it work for a lot of the games. Um, but then I can't remember exactly. I think the Wii U must have been out by then. Yeah, it was. But uh, I don't know. I've always kind of been hot or cold with Nintendo. And mm-hmm. the funny thing about doing a show about Nintendo is that I, when I'm on my cold, like I can never be 100% cold like I have been before. <laughs> Right? There's not really an option to put my 3DS on the shelf and let it collect dust for six months. Yeah, because then we'll have anything have a to talk about. Cartoon picture of yourself in a Mario overall. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think at the time I was probably pretty excited about it. Like that would have been two years ago, uh, which would have. I'm trying to think what games were out around then, but it, you know, the Wii U had just recently come out, and uh, there was a few. If I'm, you know, there was quite a few good games that were. It was exciting there was like this sort of optimism at the time about the wii u like all right they're gonna they're gonna pull through man there was something about it (laughs) right like there was there there was a there was some optimism there i think Mm -hmm. uh but even when at the time when we were trying to figure it out uh we had kind of said okay well how are we going to position ourselves we don't just want to make another gaming podcast because nobody cares about another just random gaming podcast there's a million of them out there um, not to disparage people who are doing gaming podcasts, but that's just, you know, we wanted to do something that was a little bit different and serve a specific niche. And we kind of looked at, well, what about like gaming, like a gamer dad sort of yeah. thing. Um, and I specifically was like, well, I only, I don't really follow the like Xbox and Sony enough to, to be able to, you know, competently do a show about them. And not only that, but as a dad and as a student, I can't really afford either money or time to follow all three of them either. Right. right? Totally. So, so we're like, all right, let's just stick to Nintendo. And then we went with it. So 
And we're like, well, what are you going to call it? It's like, well, Nintendo Dads has sounds like it's probably got pretty good SEO, you know, like that's that, and it's pretty self descriptive. So let's just go with that. My um, my dad, as I mentioned, didn't live with us. Um, he lived out in Ontario. Okay. And uh, you know, not to get too like Larry Kingish, but that's uh, the goal. One yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Right. Get some tissues. I got a box of tissues here in the office. Um, but he, you know, I didn't see him very much at all, and uh, he didn't kind of commit to, you know, didn't really follow up on a lot of commitments. But I remember he asked me for, I think it was either Christmas or my birthday. He said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I would really like Super Mario 2. Nice. Right. And so, so he's like, okay. Did you know how different it was at that point? Or you just just knew it was was the the next one. one. That was all I knew, right? Yeah. So, uh, okay, fair enough. I'll see what I can do. Awesome. And I think Christmas had came or my birthday had came and left and nothing showed up. And it was kind of, it is what it is. Let's move on, right? But I remember one day a package did show up. And it was in that old, like, parcel brown paper, right, mm-hmm. when you used to send parcels. And it was beat up. Like, the, like oh, it looked man. like it had gone through the ringer a couple of times. And it, and it got to my house and says my name. And my mom said, yeah, of course, open it up. And I open it up. And there it is. Yeah. There was Super Mario 2 in what appeared to be the most beat up Super Mario box I'd ever Damn seen. Damn it. <laughs> but it was so... Like that for me has always been such an important memory. Yeah, right. Sure. This, this that I don't know why, but that was something that to me was really important. Is that this thing did show up eventually, and it yeah. showed up eventually. Whatever condition it was, it was there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Zach's probably listening to this and is kind of psychoanalyzing my statements. <laughs> to that. But um, when it when it arrived, like it was just as kind of like, oh wow, this is really incredible. And as a kid, you know, of course, putting it and playing it. But even with that the memory says, I mean, it's such a different game. Yeah. Right. It's such a different game from everything else that Mario is. And then to have those kind of memories t- associated with it, were quite, you know, quite powerful is to a point that any virtual console I get now, I always buy Mario too. I haven't had that moment. I haven't had this like, Oh my gosh, there's this thing and I have to take care of it. And it's just, I don't know how else to describe it other than it just is. It's just, this is, the way that life is we have prepared as best that we could and now he's here like we maybe that maybe this is just kind of penting up some some terrible emotions that one day i'm going to explode but i haven't had i haven't had that freak out moment yet and i'm wondering like did you have not that necessarily has to be a freak out but did you have kind of like a a significant realization or moment or thought when when riley came along that changed things for you um well i'm glad you asked this because i think this can segue us down to some deeper conversation here um no we didn't actually like my wife and i were really we were so anxious and excited for riley to get here and Mm -hmm. we were a little bit nervous but of course yeah uh, in general we were really happy um sean i don't know if you know this but i mean you may know a little bit know but like our uh riley's not our first child yeah man so I'll try not to cry on your show, <laughs> but it's, um, that's why I love your show is that you can talk about games and you can get deep and real with things. And I'm going to try not to cry too. Like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> I, uh, Riley, we had a daughter before her and yeah. it was, uh, her name was Judah. And, um, basically early and it was just, I won't give you all the details because of our whole life. Everything was a mess financially, job loss moving in with parents, things like that, moving yeah, out. Um, the one bright spot of that year back in 2014 was our daughter, we got pregnant. And uh, that was really awesome. 
And uh, we found out, gosh, it was like right before, it literally was the day before my birthday that we, she went in for an ultrasound. Um, well, we thought she, she woke up bleeding and we thought something was wrong. So mm-hmm. we went to the hospital. How far they, along? Um, we were, I think, three months in. Okay. Um, we were in, we went in, we saw the baby, saw the heartbeat, everything was good. Um, and then they called her back later that day and said, we just want you to come back in to, the next day, come back in just to meet because the doctor wasn't there. We just wanted to talk with the doctor and talk about a couple things. And we're like, okay. So her and her mom went the next day. I was at work. Um, I, my wife calls me and, or I think I called her. You know, she called me or I called her or whatever. I was on my way home or something like that. I was like, how did the ba- meeting go? How's our baby? And she held together the phone and she didn't tell me anything. And, um, take your time, man. It's all right. <laughs> it never gets easier to tell. It helps, though. Yeah. <sighs> okay, basically, um, she was diagnosed with this thing called anencephaly. And what anencephaly does is basically it happens in the very first week of conception. So you don't know till the baby's older. Yeah. And um, the baby. So her, what happened was her skull. I'm going to try to say it right. Her skull didn't form all the way. Like, and that happens in the very first week. So everything can build in the baby. There's a little gap in the back of her skull. So her brain would be exposed to like embiotic fluid and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, we were faced with a big decision and, um, we don't, My whole life, you know, especially growing up in the church, I don't believe in like abortion or anything like that. And the doctor gave us the option to, he said, either you can abort and you can try again in a month or so and be on your way or you can carry the term. Um, And to be honest, we we were very scared. And I I still don't support abortion today, but at the time, I can say you never know what you're going to do until you're in a situation. That's right. My wife and I, we were scared <laughs> because mm-hmm. the initial time to um, get that to get the information that our daughter was going to die was basically just as the initial it stung just as the in, initial death would you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we called our pastor, we talked, we told our church, and <laughs> a lot more crap happened in between there when we we, we decided this, but. Um, we went so far to like we met with the abortion doctor and we scheduled it and we were going to have like a ceremony and um, just like because we didn't want to go through the pain of holding our, our child lost. Yeah. Um, and my wife, she talked to God and prayed that like you got to show me clearly that you want me to change my mind <laughs> if you want me to. So what we did we and he did i mean long story short he did and um i i I just it's crazy like just people that i never had i didn't know my life some i met them like i worked at a gym at the time and like 
I met this a couple women um, and separately. They didn't know each other, and they like they they knew God and they 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 were Christians and like it just this I, I oh I met these people out of nowhere and like they were exactly people in our time for that time of our life that we needed to meet and they like mm-hmm. helped us through everything um and we decided to keep and we canceled everything <laughs> and we were going to honor her life as best as we could because we de- we decided um it's not our decision if a baby can make it or not because we we prayed and we, we hoped and we hoped for a miracle and um Judah's life she was created by God and her life mattered. Yeah. And it was it wasn't our decision to say that you can't make it because there's a chance you're gonna die. Um because there are cases, there are children out there that were diagnosed with this and they're alive. You know, and but the, I mean the chances are very slim. Yeah, man. So we took the pregnancy and we um, honored her life. We 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 went out that next week and we bought um, we went to the pumpkin patch and bought pumpkins for all three of us. <laughs> so that we that's what we did. And and I I, I apologize can't understand me well. It's a no not man, a tough, not at all. It's a tough story to tell, and it's uh, no, you're very brave to do that and then to to talk about it as well. I can't even I can't imagine that decision and obviously the conversations that you and your wife would have had they've brought you closer together oh yeah absolutely every step of the way whether it's you getting married that brings its own complications then living together brings its own complications this Mm -hmm. is on a whole another level so do you look at it do you look at it that way and that this this i think that that's what you mean when you say that your daughter's life mattered because she was a member of the family. She is a member of the family and she brings everybody closer together. That's what I, that's how I look into it, man. And I, I, I I would be lying if I said that I wasn't thinking of you guys when Lincoln was coming into the world, thinking how lucky we are to have uh, a healthy, beautiful baby boy. God, this is a freaking cry (laughs) fest. We're going to get out of here in a second. (laughs) But I'm I'm really happy that you shared that story because I I have been thinking of you guys a lot lately and I know how proud a dad you are and I know how proud a dad I am and I guess in a way this sort of loops back to my original question that it's not really a moment but a collection of moments. So I was putting this episode together over the course of a few days and when this clip came up I was actually holding. Lincoln, and I just had to take a little bit of a break. And um, I just wanted to, to quickly thank Jacob once again for sharing that story and for making elevating this show to something else, something I never saw coming. And uh, Justin Masson there as well with the story of his dad. And, and I was, I, I've come to be very surprised at what we're all willing to share with each other. And I just think that I take it as a, as a good sign that there's more to to this show and to us than just the video games and just what we're playing and i think that's what has given the show a little bit of longevity and it certainly gives me that that excitement to wonder what is next and uh we're gonna i'm gonna try and break this up a little bit we're not gonna have a whole cry fest here i hope i hope uh that was that was okay that, to just kind of revisit that for a little bit, but there, I can't think of anybody else to to uh, take us out of 
that mode and that mood, then uh, Jace plays games. There is like an intimidation factor that I wanted to dive into. Like, is this a is this a persona that you just like to fuck with people? Or uh, is it like, have you always just been kind of like like pushing buttons everywhere you go? It's about half and half. Okay. Because I, I appreciate the, let's let's play it up, it's the internet, and let's see where, how far we can take things. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it's 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 based on the actual me, yep. but it, it, it is, uh, you know, in classic internet fashion. Yep. Although I feel like I don't do, mine is different than some of the other trolls out there. I agree with you, because if that weren't the case, you would not be on the show. Exactly. I would have blocked See, you a long time ago. That was, that was part, part of uh, whenever uh, we didn't do the show last week or when <laughs> um, I got I got skipped over one week. Um, I was like, man, I just think Sean's seeing my, uh, my, my Twitter. And he's like, I don't want this guy on the show. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I have a backlog so high that I got to go through it. And so I cannot get... I cannot finish that backlog if I get more and more new games. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have the current problem right now mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, just getting more and more games and piling up. It's just, there's got to be one year or a good amount of time, maybe three months, that you just got to sit down and got to go through that backlog. Because, you know, you you bought that game, you got to go back. And then part of the reason why I want to go back to Dragon Age or um, I just got, I got too many games, man. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's it's a really bad habit. <laughs> so I'm trying really hard not to like jump in because I have done literally the exact same thing. And for the same reason being that the backlog is a major situation. And then when I was younger, I did it. I actually took the same thing. I took a year off of buying games. I'm like, why am I paying full price for games when they just end up being cheaper? So I set myself back a year and then just ended up buying games for, for 20 bucks. Um, I wish you the best of luck. The plan did not work out well for me. What ended what ended up happening was I took the year off and then I had all slew of games that I felt like I missed out on. They were all dirt cheap, so I bought them all. And so I ended up like doubling down at least two times over on my on my backlog because I'm like, oh yeah, this game is is half off or this game is is super cheap. I would go for like Black Friday sales or for Canadians, it's the day after Christmas is a massive sale, and I pick up like twelve games for a hundred bucks or something like. It was wow. a good deal back then. So, uh, best of luck. I, but I definitely connect with the sentiment of just trying to get a handle on those games. And I love the way that your bet works out as well, because technically those games you pre-ordered were supposed to come out in 2016. So it's not your fault that they're actually yeah. going to be released in 2017. Yeah. What about Mass uh, Effect, man? Like, what about now? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm panicking for you. Lots of games, like, <laughs> um, Zero Horizon, uh, Horizon Zero. Yeah, Horizon. Done. Yeah, yeah. It's, what are you it's gonna, gonna do? Be a, a, it's and you're gonna be, be done school. This is a terrible time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right now I'm finishing up my master's degree in engineering. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. What um, is with this show, man? I just like these <laughs> casually. These people like like. Oh, I play video games, and oh, I love this. And by the way, I can do calculus in my sleep. Like, what is <laughs> happening? I need to know more about how did you like, cause I didn't even know engineering was a thing until I was in university for my marketing degree. And I'm like, what are all these smart kids doing? And how are they time traveling and managing to get 26 hours of stuff done in a 24 hour day? How 
how do you get this path to to engineering and also what what kind of engineering are you in school for uh it's a uh, uh, right it's a uh, well it's mechanical engineering but mm-hmm. i mean the 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 engineering i'm doing like my research is, is into a uh, uh is in plasma and, and its effect on a uh, bound material like water and stuff oh um, i am blown away keep going man <laughs> keep talking what am i talking for you it's not that interesting one. trust it me it is super in- i'm i am blown away this is this is a moment well, uh, this is awesome <laughs> well yeah um i mean i, I kind of just kind of fell into it because uh when i got out of high school oh, I, my first my first two years in high school i was like not a really good student i didn't mm-hmm. i had like just I was like average 2.0 GPA and stuff like that, and then uh, midway through my sophomore year, I kind of just switched it up and I was like, well, you know, I was I was kind of going downhill like with my grades and stuff, and I was like, you know what, let me try to turn this around. Let me mm-hmm. let me try to be better. And then I started focusing. But were you and I grasping got- onto concepts and just like didn't care? Like were you were you distracted by all your MBA? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, I think I was probably. Well, I think it was just the. Uh, it was just the fact that I was trying to fit in, trying to figure out. I was like trying to fit in, trying to find my group of people, mm-hmm. and and I was struggling with that. And I think I was focusing too much on that, and I wasn't mm-hmm. really focusing on like schoolwork and stuff. And then I remember clearly uh, in Spanish class, uh, my my uh, I I was really like uh, I, <laughs> when I was younger, I really like I was really uh, impolite, and I talked back to my teachers and everything. Yeah. So at one time, I was talking to my friend in class, and while the teacher was teaching. And, uh, and she tells me like, you know, you know, stop talking. And I told her like, no, or something. I, I did some, I did, I talked back to her really. I can't imagine it. this at all. To be honest with you, you seem like the nicest person on the planet. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. I, I was like a big, uh, a big jerk back then. And then she kicked me out. And then on the way to, uh, to like the, what they called it, like RC or I think that's what it was called. It's basically where all the bad kids went. It was like a detention for the rest of the time here. They kicked the rest of the time there was class left. So I was in there, and then I was just like, man, this sucks. <laughs> I got to mm-hmm. do better. Is this not like the greatest thing? I'm I'm recording these intros, and I'm putting them in, listening to the clip, and then I'm coming back to you guys to record. So this is about as like live as it gets, I think, for all the different snippets here so i'm really enjoying i feel like i'm listening along with you i'm having an absolutely great time so we're gonna we're gonna keep things moving we're gonna get out of the geniuses and out of the insanely smart people that i've met and move things into the romances a little bit and and good vibes so we've got ray osorio coming in oh by the way um the geniuses uh jace plays games obviously garrett bland and alejandro buendia thanks guys for for your time and those clips and i'll also take this quick moment to just really apologize guys this was so hard to choose uh clips and and episodes to highlight i wish that i could just make this like a 10 hour thing and just and highlight everybody i really really love without every single one of you if you're listening and you're like where's my clip and or maybe it's it's not in here uh, blame Josh Stapleton. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, Josh. I didn't really mean that, but I'm still leaving this in. I could cut that out. Uh, let's move this along. I just wanted to really, really apologize if your clip isn't in here, if your episode isn't in here. That That is not a reflection on how grateful I am to you and for your episode and for your time. So uh, just I, I thank you. There's not really a good way to move on from that, but we'll try this way. Romances and good vibes. Ray Osorio from... Uh, Nerd Overdrive, as well as Lee and Becky Navarro and Nikki Powell, the greatest engagement stories ever, back to back. 
back. I think that's the way this is gonna go. And then maybe some, some me and Chelsea right after that. So I'll see you guys in a bit after some more of these clips coming soon. This is sort of a radio thing. This is not a radio thing. Uh, Extra Life fits in my life because as a child, um, I grew up in Puerto Rico for part of my life. Okay. We moved to the, we moved to the States um, when I was about seven, almost eight years old. And then from there, I got really sick. And I was actually taking, uh, we moved to Indiana. And from there, I had to go to Riley's Children's Hospital of Indianapolis. And they were a Children's Miracle Network hospital. Um, so big part of this, the reason why I extra life was because of the care and the doctors and the nurses and everyone I got to meet in my experience when I was a sick kid, you know, over the course of, you know, two to three years in Indianapolis, um, and seeing the kind of care and what they do for kids. Uh, it was like a no brainer when I first heard about it, I heard it supported children's miracle network hospitals. I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do it. (laughs) You know, you know, let's do it. You know, and without hesitation, I did it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt Um, that you're going to be playing games to help support the kids. Right. It's kind of a win-win. Yeah, that's definitely one of my one of my passions always as a kid was always like I got really involved with like computers and gaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as a kid being sick and everything like that, couldn't really go outside much, couldn't do too much. So gaming yeah. was kind of like my escape out of my like hospital room or out of my bedroom and things like that. So I remember back in the day I had like my ga- like when I couldn't have like a TV or anything, I had my Game Boy. But it was always like my NES or my SNES stuff like that and you know, I was a Nintendo kid. Um, so I was always playing my games and stuff like that whenever I couldn't get out and about, and, you know, not to say I didn't go outside and I didn't have a normal childhood, like playing baseball with my friends or football or basketball, stuff like that. But there were times when I was too sick to go outside, you know, so stuff like that. So that was, that was the whole driving force between, you know, behind me starting extra life. And then just the whole positivity factor behind myself and the community and things like that. Um, which actually the Phoenix kind of has a double, a double symbolism for me. Um, because back in 2014, I was going through a lot. I started going through a lot of medical struggles and things like that. And so in talking with Becky, my best friend, and also one of our co-hosts on nerd overdrive, um, she's like, you know what, you can do it. You just have to rise above your situation or your circumstances and you can do it. So, um, I know you probably noticed the, what, what they started to call the obnoxious positivity on my part. Um, <laughs> AKA a- a- you can, you can credit Kiku of the Neek podcast for that. Uh, Chris Kiku, um, for that is my, my whole thing is always rise above. So this is, this is definitely an interesting origin story. I was actually three months pregnant at the time I was going out to, um, meet up with some friends, you know, for a non-alcoholic New Year's Eve, because clearly at that point in time, I was not in any position to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't actually planning on meeting someone to be with. Um, and it just so happened that Lee and I hit it off to such a degree that it was like that night. Um, I I knew that not it was immediately him. just immediately. Like Lee. it was just that instant connection. I mean, I've felt it, but you've already, you've already taken, so I get it. I understand <laughs> the power. And it was really over apples to apples. We were playing apples to apples that night, and I think what solidified it was the <laughs> Star Trek reference in there. Oh, yeah. What was it? Do you remember? The seven, it was something about seven. Captain Kirk. I remember laying down Captain Kirk, and it was Lee's round. And that was really my, like, feeler card just to see. And... uh I remember him. I think he actually picked that one because he did. knew it was me. Yeah. Somehow. The other card was um, the green card was touchy feely, and everybody put down either Michael Jackson. 
Um, O.J. Simpson. Good God! Grave robbers. How do you remember this? And um, I, I tell you, I think you, it was I, like Bill Clinton or something. Yeah, like Bill that. Clinton. Oh, and um, Bill Cosby. Oh, wow. Bill Cosby. But that was before the Bill Cosby. We didn't scandal. know yet. <laughs> we didn't know yet, but it's funny because on your Twitter account, the first word. Uh, and I only know this because I also know this because uh, we're in the same kind of funny group. But uh, <laughs> first word on your Twitter account is engaged. So, <laughs> yes, Brent. So congratulations. That's Thank really you. Exciting. So I'm curious, how how did it happen? What's the story of so, the engagement? Um, are we recording this? Of course. OK, good. I just wanted to make sure because I'm like, <laughs> you might want to get this for your podcast. because yep. It's pretty good. Um, so our anniversary was April 15th. And uh uh, it was our 10 year anniversary. So we've been together for quite some time. Um, I had been hounding him all week. Like you better plan something. You better like take me out to dinner. Like I want, I want something awesome. It's 10 years. No, like, no, like McDonald's, even though I wouldn't mind like some chicken nuggets and gaming all night. Like that right. would have been totally fine. Like if that's the plan that you made, that's the plan that you made. Like that's fine. Just like make a plan. Was it just so, that week that you're hounding him? Yeah. So he's off. Not the 10 week. years before at all. Oh, well, okay. Just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, for like 10 years I've been hounding him, but like specifically our anniversary is coming up. You have the whole week off, like plan something. And I came home Friday, which just happened to be our anniversary. And there's a letter in the mailbox addressed to me from him with our address on it. I was like, what is you, what is this? <laughs> so I opened the mailbox or the letter and it's a crossword puzzle Yeah. and it's Zelda themed. And so, or no, it was a word search, the easiest thing first. So I do yes. the word search. The word search leads me to, oh my God, it leads me somewhere, somewhere in the house to like find a chest and the chest is like a Zelda chest. So I open up the chest and there's another, yeah, right. So there's, there's a, a little one up, like the green mushroom, you know? Oh my God. Yes. So we had a little one in there, which was a lifeline for me for the rest of the night. If I need help, I give him the lifeline. He gives me some insight. What do you need and help with? What's going to happen? Clues. Apparently there's more clues coming. So I do, I do another clue that's in the box and it leads me to our backyard where there's another box that has a lock on it. And inside the first box is there's a second like trivia thing that I had to do, which we have this big keyblade, And so it led me to that. And I got on the keyblade, and the keyblade had a lockpick set. Well, we recently learned how to lockpick with one of those <laughs> clear ones that you can buy with the set off of Amazon. I've never heard of this thing. Well, you can. They're kind of illegal, but... <laughs> <laughs> so I had to lockpick this second chest, and I opened that, and it's got more. Um, I had to do... He took a few... Um, the Witness. Have you played that game yet? Not yet. I'm a little scared of it. The whole Don't puzzle thing. I think my brain is going to explode if I. I thought things. mine would too, and it's still here. So I did, I'm doing pretty good at it. I'll and ask you about that in a bit. <laughs> so the witness puzzles, right? You have to, you have to solve these puzzles. They're super simple, but not simple at all. Like straightforward, but not straightforward right. puzzles. So he drew some of them out that I had to solve live, like in person. I can't just use the video game, so I had to like map it out like you would with pen and paper. Oh my god. Yeah. So to create these puzzles, were they actually like ripped right from the from the witness, or did he create no, his he own? No, specifically made them because they spelled out something. Come on. Yeah. So they spelled out sword, and we have a Zelda sword. So I came into the Zelda sword and found something else, and then there was like a black light in one of the chests, which led to like on our wall behind this big Zelda, of course, map that we have, like another clue, which was like a Riddler clue. So on the back of one of the papers yes! next of, of a question mark. Yeah, he's like so good at this. He's been planning it for months like so nine this, years <laughs> like he's been spending our entire relationship up to this point so he, it leads me to this bookshelf that he built last year right it's this 
Zelda-themed bookshelf. If you catch my drift, it's all Zelda-themed. And he carved in Herulean all around the border a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, he also carved a key into it, like, to decipher this. Come on. So I could have deciphered this nine months ago when he finished the bookcase. And so it's been sitting in front of me uh, in Herulean, Nikki, Will You Marry Me, right in front of my face. Like, literally, it's three feet to my right right now. Oh, my God. That is the best thing I've ever it heard. Is. It's the greatest thing. And he recorded it all in his GoPro. We had our friend Christian. He's at Pixel Brave on Twitter. He does amazing YouTube videos. I sent him everything and had him like cut it up for me and make this awesome like three minute just compilation of the whole night. So I need to was, put that link on there. Some. Oh, my God. Fantastic. I need to go look at that. That is the best. So like are you sort of regretting not boning up on your on your Hyrulean? Like maybe yeah. practicing your, your translations <laughs> and your conjugations? Yeah, what had happened if I would have like solved this ahead of time? And he's like, you could have gotten a proposal eight months ago. I'm like, oh, duh. Oh, like, man. Imagine being able to like go back to every time you were hounding him and, and he'd be like, well, I sort of already did, but you haven't noticed. I, and I'm like, for the last eight months, I've been like, Hmm. Yeah, whenever we get engaged, if that happens, mm. and this yeah. like he's been he's been planning this for a while. It's been right in front of my face. I'd love to have like some sort of way. Like I wish life came with like a montage at the end of every year that you could just kind of like see these <laughs> moments, like yeah. what, almost like the end of Usual Suspects, where you can kind of look back and see like piece everything together. Like every time you're about are you bothering him about getting engaged, and he's probably like pointing off just. To, right. like, to the bookshelf and everything like a little thought bubble goes up in his head like mm, bookshelf ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I we've even had a few friends Amanda who does lipstick nerds with me she's been to the house with another one of our friends and they love Zelda too and they've seen like the deciphering because they have something on their um their refrigerator that's like Hyrulean or whatever and mm-hmm. it has yeah and so they've seen this language and they know that they can decipher it and they've seen the bookshelf so it's like none of them knew what it was because they don't know how to do it but it was in front of like all of us like, time is running out for the gaming time for us. Oh, why is that? Well, you you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I am I feel the same. Oh, is it because I am with child? You are with child. I am with child. This is me. Well, I wanted to have you on the show for a long time. You're like, we did a whole thing for a while. And you're like, I want to be on the show. And I'm like, no, you're never going to be on the show. It's never going to happen. Even you, though, like, You literally said that. That's the best part. But I, it was after I said, yeah, you can come on the show. So I was messing with you a little bit. I just needed, I needed the timing to be right. I needed, I don't know. I also, I don't know. I wanted like episode 50 was like, it sounds good. So now we have like two weeks in a row of just Capri goodness. Like 49.5 was all me. Now oh, it's right. all you. Um, so yeah, I wanted you on for 50 and then for like this thing that we've known about since the I day know, after my birthday it's been so hard not to share with everyone i've been pretty bad at sharing with people though i have to say i probably told more people than i should have but... i've been like openly judging children's names in front of people mm. like uh my boss is showing me like the um the results for his kids hockey tryouts and there's all these names and i'm like <laughs> cole with a k <laughs> I'm like, that's dumb. Because he was reading, I'm like, Cole's actually a pretty sweet name. It was K-O-A-L. I'm like, oh, no messy. Interesting. No messy hmm. spelling. People like that, though, because they want to be, they want their kids' names to be They want their kids to classic, have a lifetime. But of, then have, like, a weird spelling. Although Sean isn't, like, it's just one of those names that can be spelled in, like, 20 different ways. Yeah. That's different, though. I Chelsea guess. as well. But they, right? de- yeah, with the, with the E-Y. Yeah. 
I was damned to... Well, that's the whole reason I say, like, Sean, like, Henri Capri, like, the pants. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Not Sean, like, Sean White, that carrot top. I don't even know. <laughs> so, we are at the end. We announced. Yeah, we're going to have a baby player number three. Yahoo! Which really, you, you know... Without pumpies on, we should have done this at the beginning, because well, we're kind of like, okay, we I was we just talk. thinking about how our kids... So, like, we're obviously super pumped about this. Like, this, uh... Having a baby, as it turns out, is not the easiest thing. Like, it took some time. And uh, so we're super pumped about it. Yeah. But what I'm not pumped about is the fact that I think about my cousin, my, my Auntie Cheryl's daughter, mm-hmm. who I... Last story is my Auntie Cheryl really wanted Rebecca to be, like, this, like, super <laughs> over the top. I don't really know what Cheryl was expecting, because Rebecca is, like, this super <laughs> smart... Just awesome girl. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, the kid every parent just wishes they had. But Cheryl's like, you should just sneak out. Like, why don't, like, we're go- <laughs> like, why don't you just sneak out and have some fun? And when Rebecca, I think, was three, they went to Toys R Us. Yeah. And Cheryl insisted that Rebecca really wanted an easy bake oven. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca, being this really mature, smart kid, said, like, no, I don't really need that, Mom. Yeah. And Cheryl said, no, you need it, and put it in the cart. Yeah. So this is how I picture our kids with video games is, like, no, you want to play Mario. Like, here, let's just play Mario Kart together. No, Mom, is. I would like to study mathematics right now. And mm-hmm. I'll be like... Nerd, nerd. <laughs> yeah. a multi- I need to memorize my multiplication tables, and then I'll go play Minecraft. No. Well, so that's that's the 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 tone of my voice is the the worriedness of like not having a child that will be into video. Especially games. if we name him Lincoln. Yes. Or Ellie. We- or Ellie. Yeah. Ellie's a front runner too. I like Ellie. Yeah. Or Miles. Yeah, that's not, that's really, not really a video, video game. game. Zelda and Mario if we have twins. It's there not Zelda. No, Robin. <laughs> or sorry, Link and Zelda if Link, we have twins. Yeah, Lincoln shortened to Link, I think is pretty sweet, which we learned, of course, from Prison Break. Yes. Great show, by the way. You yeah. all should watch it if you haven't. Yeah. First two seasons. <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty good. All right. Do you want to be done? Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're having a baby. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Echo team, go! <laughs> Foxtrot! Yeah, so everybody's good, and then they give you kind of a heads up. By the way, we might need to push him back up, because he's yes. pretty far down. So one of the nurses comes, I think it was a nurse, says, like, just so you know, and, like, apparently, I'm, I'm gonna feel that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great, you yeah, know. You're gonna feel a little pressure. I made all that effort to get him down that way, and now you're just gonna reverse it, and probably cause me just as much pain doing it. And so I don't know if you felt this, but the way that this manifests <laughs> itself was... And I've described this to you before, but for the listeners, if anybody's ever had like their oil changed at like just one of those Lubex kind of when you drive up and they change, you're still in the car and they change your oil, like they shook like your whole body. It was like they obviously had you opened up and I can just imagine the two people, like one end trying to pull and the other end, the other person. Well, they didn't have to push as it turns out. Well, I, that's surprising to me because your entire body, your entire body was just like moving like crazy and then finally See, I it stopped that. i remember that so well and then finally that stopped and you could see the operation in the reflection of the lights overhead yeah so when i got there there's like these big whatever or lights above me that yeah, yeah, are yeah. whatever chrome looking like between the light bulbs and i could actually see my body pretty like, decent where, reflection well and i could see it perfectly at that point and yeah. so i told them i'm like i'm not very squeamish but Mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't see my operation. Like, I don't know. 
So they moved the light, but I could still kind of see it. So I made the decision at that point that this is pretty cool. If I don't want to watch it, I can look away. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll just let them leave the lights as it is. So I saw them actually take him out of me. Right, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. Which is pretty, was pretty neat. I'm glad I got to see that. Like Because yeah. I feel like I missed out on that part because I didn't have a bathroom. Not that you'd really see him come out the other end. but No, like, but they usually take him out and they hold him up totally right away. And yeah. So I feel like I kind of, kind of got that a little bit. Yeah. So it comes out, you can see him come out yeah. and you don't hear anything. Yeah. Well, I think they're actually maybe preventing him from crying at this point. Yeah, but point. do you know they, that at this time? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just nervous in general. I'm not freaking out, but I'm like waiting for that cry. Like, yeah. here we go. And it yeah. felt like 10 minutes, but yeah. obviously it was probably 10 seconds. Yeah. And, and then, then they, you know, they suction him and then they let him breathe. Yeah, get all the poop out. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wails and then they tell you to go over. But you, when he wails, you are, that's it. That yeah. is, every, is officially over. You've crossed the finish line. Yeah. And you just like, I don't know how to describe it, but you were like, we were both like overcome like that. Yeah. Was, there he is. Like you did it. Yeah. I get emotional thinking about Aww. it. But now he's here. Hugging my boob. <laughs> <laughs> so at this time you're still strapped down. Baby's out screaming. His I know. Head, all his I want to do is not be strapped and have the baby. Next and they to call me. me over. They're like, dad, yeah. come, come see. And I look at you and I go, what do you want me to do? Because yeah. I feel bad that you're strapped in and you can't see him. And I'm, and you tell me, no, go ahead. Well, no, I wanted someone like to be with him, like yeah. for those first moments. And I knew it can't, it can't be me. So yeah. it definitely needs to be you. Like someone needs to be over there to yeah. see him for the first breaths of his life. Yeah. And then he scream over to me because we think we're having a nine, maybe 10 pound baby at this yeah. point because he's overcooked by six days. So we're told nine pounds, but now at this point, he's like 10 or 11. Yeah. And then you shout over, he's only seven too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, what the hell? Like, it's almost depressing that I couldn't get him out too. Like, obviously that wasn't the reason, but mm-hmm. it's still like, oh, he's so small. Like, I feel yeah. like I could have got him out. And immediately I think he's, Obviously adorable. Of course. Well, he is pretty adorable. But his head was real messed up. So that is pretty awesome to just go from, hey, we're going to have a baby, to here's how it came out. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not exactly how the time lapse happened, but I love going back to listen to those episodes with with Chelsea. And it's kind of nice to document that sort of thing. Like, I wouldn't suggest that everybody has to have a podcast to do that sort of thing, but some way, I think that 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 was pretty, pretty nice. And to be able to revisit that in this episode has been amazing. Again, it's on video, by the way. If you're not already watching, youtube.com slash wethenerdy. Uh, thanks to patreon.com slash make us better a little mid show mid show plugs here everybody that's why this is video we're very close to our next goal which would bring some of these guests back uh, two shows per month will be dedicated to previous guests if we reach that uh, $150 mark we're gonna keep things going uh, we talked a little bit about romances real life romances we're gonna move right along into men on the internet and <laughs> meeting each other and having relationships blossom we're gonna have Dave Moore Johnny Casino he was John Beeler back then um, we're gonna have also moving into men in service with Chris Berto and mr. Ben Butler I just I, I always love talking to new people on the internet um, I mean, you can ask the Nintendo dads. They say the same thing every time I come on their show. They're like, you're, you're, you're glowing or you're like so excited. I'm like, 
That's because I, I, on my shows, I don't usually get to talk about Nintendo the same way, like, on this show, I'm like, I get to talk about just video games in general versus, like, you know, I, I do a rock band show about rock bands. So, I'm, you know, despite... Like the game rock band? Yeah, like the game rock band. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> even, even now, you're well beyond, you're well outside of the bubble of, of rock band. I don't know if you realize this. <laughs> Best Amiibo story ever, though, was um, the Jigglypuff release. Yes. So, Target exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, we're all freaked out at that point. That's like absolute mania nonsense before before they actually got the stock levels right where we can just get whatever we want. Mm -hmm. Which was what makes seem makes it seem like Amiibo aren't a big deal, but they still completely are. I think it's a, honestly. I think it's a mistake. I don't want to derail this too much, but I, I think they need to go back to how they unrolled it. Like they rolled it out oh, first. Oh yeah, make a little it bit. tough. Just, make it yeah, just a little bit. Don't make it impossible. Like six months later, when things are out, like I should be able to get them. Yeah, right. Like like villager, like reprints. But man, like the first wave should be like limited. Mm -hmm. Um. So we were at some laying in bed, and we're like, God, we got to go to Target late. Like we definitely like they don't open till like. 9 or 8 a.m. I don't remember, right? Like, they're not doing a midnight release. And I'm like, okay, but we gotta sleep. Because I gotta go to work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pay the bills. I need to eat. Yeah, I gotta buy these Amiibo. Like, they, they don't just... <laughs> That's I don't, I, I don't have to just be at Target at, at whatever. I have to actually pay for these. Um, mm. So, I'm laying there, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to sleep. And... I'm having a hard time sleeping because I'm just stressed out about it. Like, I'm like, I gotta have Jigglypuff. Um, lay in there. <laughs> she, fiance cares just as much as I do at this point because everybody cared, right? Like, mm -hmm. she's not so much into it anymore because, like you said, they need to bring back the, the craziness. Yep. Um, but um, I'm laying there. We hit, like, 2 a.m. And she's like, uh, she goes, Dave, Dave, wake up. Wake up! <laughs> like, what? Like, what? What could it possibly be? She's like, there's lines outside of Target and whatever, like, out, like, 40 miles away from us. Like, not our Target. But she's like, they're doing news coverage on Facebook of lines waiting outside. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have thought it would be too late by that point. You would think 2 a.m. would be too late, but it's not. Right? But, but so, I mean, like, if, if people are already spreading the news about lines, I'd be right, like, well, if I get in the back of this line, I'm, I'm shit out of luck. I, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, so I'm like, it's two in the morning. If there's already lines, we're too late. Yeah, she's like, yeah. but she's like, but we gotta go just in case. I love it. So we hit Target by like two thirty in the morning. Oh my God, there's nobody there. Oh no. <laughs> Nobody, nobody at all. Where did this uh, come from? What is this lie? Well, no. I what mean, is the it was, root of this evil lie? It was, it was the far, the farther away targets had lines already, right? I'm like, I'm like, but we're all so close to this. Everybody going to this target is not going to come this early. Mm -hmm. That one makes sense because it's further away from people, right? Like they're like, we got to make sure we're there because that target serves a further wide radius. Sure, sure. So I'm like, okay. So we get there. We brought lawn chairs. We're prepared. We yeah. got, you know, but there's nobody here. Nobody. Grab, nobody. Our, grab our target waiting in line kit where we have like <laughs> our lawn chairs and our iPad games. There's nobody. There's nobody waiting. There's nobody in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. 
And we go out there. We sit there for like 40 minutes. Nobody comes. Nobody at all. And it's cold and it's snowing. It just again. means you're first in line. You're so yeah, good. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. And she's like, I'm going to go sit in the car. I'm like, well, what if somebody comes up? Like, what if what if they do what they did on Black Friday where they, they roll up in like three trucks. They all start unloading their couches because they did this. This mm-hmm. is a real thing that mm-hmm. happened. And the police came and took their couches away. Ah, uh, that's um, heavy lifting for the cops. I, well, well, in the sense that they made them carry their couch back to their car. There it is. They, they, yeah, the, co- the cops didn't carry just the couch. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they brought a couch in their truck. Like, oh, I mean, I, makes I mean, sense. I guess, guess you have a flatbed truck. I mean, you, your couch isn't ridiculously huge. I mean, I guess you could do that. I'm on the um, edge of my seat. I need to know this story works out for you. <laughs> so uh, I go back to the car at some point sitting out there alone playing. What was I playing on 3DS? Something. Probably Pokemon. Um, <laughs> sitting there waiting. Um, I go back to the car. No one comes. <sighs> About 3.30, 3.45 in the morning, just like four cars start rolling in the parking lot. Oh. She's like, she's like go, go, go. <laughs> I start booking it back to Target, like out of the car. She's like getting the stuff back, like ready to go. And I sit down and burst in line. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all sitting there from four in the morning until eight. Life on a submarine just sounds terrifying to me. Like no daylight. I, I imagine just pure oh. isolation and <laughs> I just, it doesn't sound pleasant. So I don't know if you can sell, like you're, you're, you said you're a recruiter now. Like how do you sell? Uh, well, I, I was a recruiter. Okay. I was a recruiter years ago. I'm, I'm fully out of the military now. Oh, okay. Um, so. <laughs> Life on a submarine can be terrible and wonderful. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're, you're right. You don't know what time of day it is. Just like, like video do... games. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's so, ever made that connection before ever. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> so whenever you're, uh, like, as far as, like, what time of day it is, you mm-hmm. know what time of day it is by what meal is being served. Right. And, and by if you walk into control, if it's dark, like, with a red light on, or if it's light up lit up like with regular lights on that's how you know if it's daytime or nighttime Mm -hmm. um and then and then we take logs every hour so you know what time it is based on the hour that you're writing down is that why they do those things it's just to make sure that your body has some sort of like signal okay oh no yeah they don't care about that that. yeah okay it's gotta have some sort of functional yeah uh, yeah (laughs) so so i mean there's I was on two different subs, and they, mm-hmm. they, they had their separate difficulties. And my, my first sub was actually really great, um, minus certain times where the leadership was had issues here and there. Right. Um, but my you know my first period of time on the submarine, I'm, I'm qualifying, and qualifying takes a long time. And until you're qualified, you're, you're basically a piece of crap. I mean, that's and that's just the way they play it. it mm-hmm. It's kind of a game, right? Once you're qualified, life on a sub can be good. Nice. Um, you know, we, we work on an 18 hour day. So it's, it's six hours of standing watch, six hours of off time where you clean, do maintenance. If, you, if neither of those need to happen, you do whatever you want. Right. And then six hours of sleep time. And then depending on what's going on, those get shuffled around and, and sometimes you get robbed of your sleep. Sometimes you get extra whatever. So once you're qualified, I mean, when you're off watch, you're watching movies on the cruise mess. Yeah. Um, I, my first deployment, I brought a, uh, a DS, is it DS or no, it might've been a, the, the flip-up Game Boy. The, oh, the Game Boy Advance? Game, mm-hmm. Yeah. The SP? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I brought that with me, and a buddy of mine had uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, so I played through that all. Oh, all that's day. awesome. Oh, that, it was so much fun. My second deployment, though, I was fully <laughs> qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, we had enough extra people, so my watch rotation, I would stand watch every evening from 6 p.m. to midnight. Okay. And then from midnight to 6 p.m., I was off. Mm-hmm. So I would have to do clean. If there's maintenance, I have to do maintenance. But what we do is me and this one other guy – We'd get off watch at midnight. We'd eat mid-rats. We'd go clean for an hour. We'd come back to the cruise mess, help them clean the cruise mess because that's where the big TV was. And I brought my GameCube out to see it with me. Yes. Plugged the GameCube in, and he and I would sit there until it was time to get ready for breakfast. So it was probably about four, four hours or so. And we'd sit there and play uh, Mario Kart Double Dash and Smash Brothers. That is awesome. We probably did that every single day for a few months. Yeah. Because because in the middle of the night when we were doing this, it wasn't needed for anything else. Mm-hmm. And then we'd help them get breakfast ready. We would snack as we were helping them because you know we they were letting us do this, so we would help out. And then we'd go to sleep for a while. And then mm-hmm. the next day we'd do it again. And I mean we we beat the whole you know we beat all the levels, got all the stars, all that stuff. And uh, it, it was amazing. Like that was so much fun that year. You're in Germany for three years. You come back stateside for what, another year or so? Like, did you have like a five year kind of deal? Like, what? No. So, I I was, my plan was to do 20 years. From the jump, I was going to do 20 years. And so, in that deployment, we got deployed in August of 2007. January of 2008, I get hit. Uh, I'm on the rooftop of of an abandoned building, not my building, but an abandoned building. Uh, We use fiber fiber cables when you're deployed um, Mm -hmm. for speed. And normally you would just bury the fiber like three, four, five feet on the ground. You just dig it and then bury it. So when the tanks roll through, you don't crush the glass uh, cable. Mm-hmm. But we were on a concrete compound, so that wasn't feasible. So we were doing it from like rooftop to rooftop, whatever, right? Yeah. Running the cable across the roofs. And uh, I'm on an abandoned building. I'm on just a just a random roof, and all I hear was, <gasps> I woke up two days later. That's it. What? I come two days later. It was an abandoned building. I was the only one on it. Hit the building I was on. I went flying and <gasps> hit my head, busted my shoulder. I have so so they re- long story short, I won't go into details because I want details. What do you mean? I can't. I, well, okay. okay. Well, sure. We maybe can, maybe yeah. off maybe maybe off stream okay, or off okay. off camera. I can give you details. But um, I uh, I it blows up the building. Sure. I I land on my head. It was one of those. So if you don't know, Iraq is very hot. 130 yeah. degrees, very hot. So you cannot work in these conditions with full battle gear on, right? The, right. the Kevlar helmet, the vest, the shoulder, water wings and all. So I take all this shit off. Yeah, you're like a I'm kicker up, out there. I'm up there, yes. I'm up there on the roof with my boots, pants, shirt, and that's it. And uh, so I don't have anything to protect me from being blasted off the roof. Oh Not that it would help, really. Right. Um, so I landed on my head. I did it so... I messed up my head. I got brain damage. I got mild brain damage to the back of my, my back of my brain. My memory is complete shit to this day. Um, tore all the ligaments in my right shoulder. Messed up my back. Blew up both my knees. Um, oh my so, god! Yeah. So I end up. They they keep me for a couple of days. Um, at the time, so at the time they don't know all these injuries. They don't know about the torn ligaments in the shoulder. They don't know about the brain damage. We don't know. And nobody's went, telling your guys in World Warcraft that you're going to be out of commission for a couple of days. That's the I true think, crime here. I don't think the message got across. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just got kicked out of the raid group. Whatever. No <laughs> Um. So I uh, 
I, I wake up and they keep me in the in the hospital there in Iraq for a couple of days and IVs and that kind of stuff. And wow. I go back to work. I'm in a lot of pain. So I got like muscle relaxers and stuff like that to help me sleep at night. But I go back. I finish my diploma. I finish. So this happens in January of 2008. We don't come home until July. Yeah. And uh, I finish. And then we come home and we go through the in-processing, which requires a full physical and all this and these exams. And they find out, hey, what happened while you deployed? And I'm like, I don't know. This thing happened. I fell off a roof. And and they say, wait, wait, we'll go back. You fell off a roof? Well, yeah, the thing hit. It blew up. And because at this point, I've been dealing with it for what, what seven months, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah, just like old it, news. For me, it's like old news. Like, yeah, this thing happened a couple months ago and whatever. So they send me for MRIs and all this kind of stuff. They do a full workout and they say, hey, listen, um, you're not medically clear to be in the army. You can't oh my God. do this. And so backtrack, my accident happened one month after I reenlisted. I, I reenlisted. <gasps> deployed like yeah we're gonna reenlist for another eight years because at this point i had been in for right at six yeah so i'm in this we'll do we'll do another eight and then when that eight's up i'll reenlist to finish up my 20 and um i get injured whatever and i finish up my deployment i get back and they say you you're just you're not physically fit to be a, so you can't do this anymore do you tell your parents about like your family no. about the accident no nobody knows i don't tell them because you're not allowed to like reveal those details at the time kind because of thing? they don't no, because I don't give my mother a reason to worry because she never liked me being in the army in the first place. Me being deployed was hard enough. So when, when I woke up and whatnot, you would think the first thing you'd do is call your mom and say, hey, by the this way. This happened. I didn't tell anybody anything. What I did, you, did you have to tell her something? You had to let her know that you're still kicking. But she had, she had no idea that I was ever injured. I didn't right, call but you call her up and say like, hey, just act normal kind of thing? Yeah, I would just talk to her like normal. <gasps> like While I was deployed. After Liar! <laughs> I would just call and just say, hey, what's going on? Nothing, yada, 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 doing my thing. I never let on that anything ever happened. Yeah. For years. <gasps> years. 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 Chris. I, got, I get, I get, I re, so they retire, so what happens basically is they retire me, they retire me out of the army. So I get out sooner than I'm supposed to get out. Mm-hmm. So I tell my mom, she goes, well, why are you getting out? Oh, I'm retired. Why? I, t- I messed up my shoulder when I was deployed. That's all I tell her. I, t- I, I messed up my shoulder and I can no longer fire an m16 because how you hold a weapon mm-hmm. and um so i, I need mean, to get I, one of those ergonomic mouse like yes. you can hold it sideways instead of so, the regular mice i um I, I retire out whatever and years go by mm-hmm. and it's not until christmas so i get out in 2000 it takes like a year and a half for the for the process to go through for me to get out so i was just in the army like collecting a paycheck for like a year and a half going yeah. to meetings and stuff like that um, so, I'm picturing like a Jack Bauer moment where like you're at Christmas, your mom gets you like a nice sweater and you're like, yeah, I'll try this on. You don't think you whip off your shirt and there's like all your battle scars. <laughs> you're just like, what, Chris? We there, we were telling stories and something, I don't know, something came over me yeah. and it was, it was, it was a very emotional time yeah. and we were talking about something. I don't remember what it was and I just kind of started crying a little bit and they're like dampening Christmas Eve and they were like, what the hell is wrong? And this was like in 2011, maybe? Yeah. Like in 2008. I don't tell anybody until 2011. And I just break down and I tell the story. And my oh mom my God. Was livid, livid. You what? <laughs> what happened? Well, well, mom, I'm okay. I'm telling you the story. <laughs> Great mom reaction. Like just skips and, to like right when she, you should have told me not. Yeah. And, and I explained to her, if I had told you, then you'd have flipped out. Yep. And he was on the uh, the line. No way, you know. dude. Yeah, so he was like, yeah, he has like a Cold War service ribbon, which is pretty <gasps> funny. Oh yeah. my god! So like, okay, so like for someone like me, like because I 
don't even touch guns. Like that's I'm so far removed. I'm just like this is crazy. But like growing up, is it just it's just the way that it is? Like that that people very very close to you are off across the world, like doing very very dangerous things. Like what is that? I I want to tap into that like mentality a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean. I guess so. My dad, he got out, went to law school, and went back in. He was like a army lawyer. Okay. Uh, it's called a JAG officer. But you know, the only like I guess real time where it happened, like where I saw like the guns on the military base, besides like going in and out, was a uh, I was in South Korea when nine eleven happened. Oh wow! You personally were in South Korea? Yeah, like my family lived there for two years. Uh, we're in South Korea, uh-huh. and you know that base, like. I like walked out that day and there were like, you know, tanks in the neighborhoods and you know, they like pulled my dad out of bed at like midnight and took him to some bunker where they, you know, had like, you know, a meeting with all these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they like, they put the whole place on like lockdown. Like, you know, there were tanks and soldiers and like planes and artillery. And I mean, it was like, you know, they mobilized. Be- okay. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like from your perspective, like being halfway across the world and hearing this news that America's under attack, yeah. like you, at that moment, do you think you're going to war? Yeah. I mean, that, that was on that base. I mean, you know, we, uh, we have a bunch of soldiers they call like, uh, the rap response units and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they did, they, you know, we rolled the M1 Abrams out and they parked them at the gates. You know, they put the sandbags out. There were guns and cannons. And so what's that like? Neighbor- you're, like you're in bed when this is happening, you get woken up or like, uh, so actually, I don't even think my dad woke my mom up when he left because he didn't know exactly what happened, but we woke up. Mm-hmm. That morning, because I think it happened, you know, it was earlier in America when it happened. Right. Uh, and my mom was like watching the news that morning and thought it was like a video. Cause, I mean, it doesn't look real. By the way, I wanted to group all of that in together, mainly because Dave and John and Ben and Chris, holy crap, everybody's become so close, obviously. Um, but I was really taken by Dave's passion for podcasts obviously that was a connection that that i have with many people but he takes it to that next level by just having that vision for for that network so i was really i wanted to have that sort of refresher within here that that's where all of this started this show is now on dayspace.com and it all started with that show uh john beeler of course johnny casino met dave uh they met through this community as well as nintendo dads and it's really awesome just to see everybody kind of come together not that that's going to happen every time but the fact that it can happen makes this pretty amazing this next section is sort of like the dream come true section as well uh where you know i've been a fan of ign reviews on the run and all these different things for a very very long time and to have people who I look up to and, and people who have made it and get paid to actually do this for a living uh, was amazing. So this next group of, of clips is from the Reviews on the Run crew. Uh, Steve Tilly, he and I grew up in the same city here in Edmonton. Uh, Scott Jones and Mercer Roberto very recently on the show. So I'm looking at you, Victor Lucas. I still got to get Victor Lucas and Ben Silverman, but you can go over to the Megadaz because those guys, those guys hit them up. So here we go with the Reviews on the Run crew. Uh, what I'm playing right now is uh, uh, I've got the, the HTC Vive, the VR oh, headset. Oh, yes. And I'm, I've always been fascinated with VR, and mm-hmm. I've been so looking forward to finally seeing the beginnings of kind of the VR revolution. And even though the tech is super expensive and clunky and, and, and it's not really user-friendly, there are moments in there that are just blowing me away. There's there's one game in particular called Space Pirate Trainer, I think. Okay. And you use the Vive controllers as 
guns and you're basically like Neo in the Matrix fighting drones. Just... You're you're moving around, <laughs> dodging bullets and like like two hand firing your guns and <laughs> and you can like flick one of the guns into a shield and ricochet their shots back at them and it's like awesome. it's the simplest game and if you're playing playing it on a on a like a 2D screen with a controller, it would be kind of boring. It would just sure. there's nothing innovative about it. But when you're moving around a space, yeah. like I, I have to push all my furniture out of my, of my living room to make this work. <laughs> or if you're moving around in a space and like literally ducking and dodging bullets and pointing controllers naturally as you would point a gun, mm-hmm. it just it taps into something really weird. And I think like right now VR are you is standing just, when you're playing or are you yeah, like standing out of your dodging chair? jump oh yeah, yeah. I mean there are seated there are a lot of like sit down VR experiences, but sure. The, the the room scale VR stuff is the stuff that's really really interesting yeah. and yeah so I am literally dodging and, and ducking <laughs> and and uh, yeah it's a lot of fun so I can't really see where that goes I mean right now it's still really in its infancy but five years from now ten years from now when we're slipping on a very light slim pair of goggles and yeah. tapping into these like almost photorealistic worlds. That's going to be mind-blowing. That's going to be like like Ready Player One kind of stuff. It's going to totally. be like really tapping into another another kind of reality. And I'm so curious about how that's going to affect us and how that's going to affect how we interact with each other. And, I mean, if you have a not great life, but you can put on a piece of technology and trick your brain into thinking you're in a much better place, mm-hmm. what's, you know, how is that going to affect people? And how is that going to, I just, I'm, it's just, it's all fascinating, but it's so much fun to play. And so right now I'm playing this <laughs> dumb little like space pirates, like shooting game and I can't get enough of it. I love it. I'm just picturing just like people in a row. If you had like a multiplayer game and everybody's got their masks on and they're yeah. just like, kind of like bumping into each other, but cause <laughs> you, you lose all inhibition. You're just kind of like, I guess I'm in this world and I guess that I'm, yeah, I think I'm moving really cool, but I'm not athletic at all. <laughs> I was out in the world. I was in a city. I didn't understand. I was working my first jobs really. And I worked as a waiter uh, in a country club in Chicago. But at night, I would go home and I would just, I would play games. I had a, a Super Nintendo, which was really like a, a close friend. It yeah. was a very intimate relationship. I love the Super Nintendo, always my favorite console. But I knew where the, the game stores were around Chicago. And and back then, you don't, you know, like, you don't know this. And, and for sure, a lot of the people who are consuming this uh, interview won't know this, but you would you would hope that the Legend of Zelda was going to come out, but it At would never come out when it was supposed to come out. And so you'd be on a list, and they would call you when it finally came in. And it was supposed to come out, I think, in the fall of a year, certain year, and then it didn't come out until late summer of the following year. And that was just the world you lived in. Mm-hmm. Like a game came out on a cartridge. There was no, like, we'll ship it and we'll have, like, a 30-gig update on day one when people get it, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of games do. Like they ship sort of a sort of finished version of the game, but they still work on it frantically for the four to six weeks between the time it leaves the de- developer and goes to the printing press. And now because of the internet, they can ship these updates. But back then it's like you send this cartridge out and you hope it worked. And, and I just remember, you know, living in Chicago, knowing where all the game stores were, First, you know, living this urban life, having this job, I was trying to write back then. I was applying to graduate school. I wanted to be a writer. So I was trying to get into MFA programs and go to workshops and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But mostly I was home gaming. And I just that's when I played Zelda for the first time. That's when I 
you know, I, I remember finishing a couple times. I loved it. And I remember Super Metroid and all the great games for, for the Super Nintendo I played. Contra 3, Alien Wars, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so many, so many great moments. Such a great console. It's, it's the console that I feel like is in my heart more than any other console. Mm-hmm. So you have a deep, a deep love. I want to just quickly say that I'm really, I almost don't even want to admit this, but I, I really enjoy you just assuming how young I am because that's that's always nice to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. But I definitely remember the days of calling Toys R Us when a, when a Super Nintendo game or something old would come out and you would call incessantly and say, like, is it in yet? Is oh, it yeah. in yet? And they would start to know you and you kind mm-hmm. of play the game with the with the clerk at the at the store you start to change your voice or you'd hand the phone to your mom to try and get her to just like be a different voice on the phone <laughs> it's just you know, so the that worst they're... thing the the worst thing though the other thing we take for granted now with the internet and you can look up faqs and things like that is back then you had no choice if you were stuck in a game you had to call like the nintendo hotline <laughs> did you ever call and, yeah of course yeah. And, uh, i got stuck a couple times in a few different games and it was just frustrating because mm-hmm. there was no gaming community all the gaming i was doing was very private you know maybe i talked to a couple of the, the cooks at work about gaming but i i didn't know what to do when i was stuck and it was just it would drive me mad mm-hmm. when i couldn't get any further in a game and i had nowhere to turn and so for sure, I called the Nintendo Hotline. I don't even know if it still exists. Uh, I think they it opened was... it up for a bit when they launched the NES Classic. They opened it for like three or four days oh, really? or something. I heard a rumor, but I mean, who knows? Was... That's that's so Nintendo. It was wonderful to uh, to be able to call, and you would just. I loved thinking, <laughs> "Oh my god, I'm calling Nintendo. I'm calling this magic <laughs> company." And you would get on hold. You would, they would put you on hold, and you would love being on hold because they would play theme music while you were on hold. <laughs> And then you'd get these Nintendo game counselors who you knew were just surrounded by, you know, huge binders of game information. And I'm like, you know, I'm stuck here. I can't figure out how to get the sword. I don't know how I got in this room. How do I get out of it? Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing. Like you're talking about changing your voice. I called so often and paid those <laughs> fees so often that I would just... You know, I would try to send. I was a gr- I was a man in my my early twenties back then, mm-hmm. and I just would try to sound a little younger than I was. You know, and oh, so no. <laughs> I, I I mean, I just figured I have to be the oldest guy calling. I'm sure I wasn't, but I I thought I was probably the oldest. I thought only kids called these numbers. But people had um, to pay for it. Like you had, you had to, to pay had to, for it. Yeah. So you had to have at least access to a credit card. So the young kids are trying to sound old enough to legitimize the whole fact that they're that, that they have a credit card and here you are in your 20s right. trying to sound younger i find that i find that hilarious right. i've been part of this business for a long time man yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i was part of this business in my mind before i was ever really part of this business so you knew that this was what you were going I mean, to I, do from i didn't age. know i i just I just knew that I loved it. I was trying to yeah. be a serious student. I wanted to get a, a degree, and I would eventually get an, an MFA in poetry, which is the most useless degree, I think, in the world. I think that's fascinating. Uh, and I, But I was trying to be serious, but I would go, mm-hmm. and I would teach my, my classes, and I would go, and I would you know, do my readings, and I would do everything I had to do to get this degree, mm-hmm. and I would write, and I would think, oh, there's going to be greatness for me. And... You know, I, I would send out my poems to literary magazines, and I, the first time I sent poems out, I remember, like, I sent out like ten poems, and six got accepted. And I just thought, oh, here, here I go. I'm in the roller coaster. I'm going off on the literary world, and and um, 
and then uh, you know the whole time I was in graduate school, all I did was do all my stuff mm-hmm. and then go home and play video games. I would just, just go home and play. I had a you know Super Nintendo at home in my apartment off campus, and I would just plug it in and I would just let go of everything and I would just let myself get pulled into these game worlds that felt so great and so comfort- comforting for me. Right, but that was my first realization that you know what this is going to be harder than I thought like Mm. people are going to judge me for sure because I have a vagina like that's just it's just something that's going to happen and I I, and I get it because I did the same thing and I still do the same thing it gets hard for me to um you know it's hard for you to believe somebody or you feel like you want they just want the attention of this moment or it's easier to get into this because you this industry because you do have a vagina and there needs to be more of them here so um Hmm. you know I don't like it, the the thing is, is that it is, um, if you love this stuff, like you genuinely love it, it's okay. That's going to shine through one way or another. You just have to keep at it. So for all the women out there that, does it shine know, through the vagina? Is that what happens? Shines. It shines right <laughs> through the vagina. Right in your face. It's rainbow. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're just wonderful, aren't they? Stance. Um, <laughs> I always think of that South Park episode where it's, um, like they're queefing and they have to like, <laughs> and Martha Stewart and Martha Stewart makes that, that pot, the whatever it is, like where she, she queefs on her show and it like this big cloud of sparkles and fairies. It was just so stupid. Oh, I love that park so much. Um, I get, like, God, I love that show. We just realized uh, that we sing, we make up songs to Lincoln. I'm so sorry for interrupting, but on, on South Park, we, we sing songs, <laughs> we make them up on the spot. They don't last more than a day, but there's one that has stuck around and we realized it is because we're, we're singing it to the melody of I'm super thanks for asking the big gay owl song from the movie. <laughs> it's just, and we're Lincoln. And, and we realized like just yesterday we were watching that video yesterday. But anyway, back to women. <laughs> back to vaginas. Yeah. Um, so we're here with Josh Stapleton. We're in the middle of the show, and I thought that this would be a really good place to kind of let everybody know just how this this show came to be. You know, I've mentioned for a while that I was toying around with trying to get big guests, and also, by the way, Lincoln is here for this this segment, if you guys hear him, um, trying to be, get, get a big guest. But then I also thought that that was sort of like disrespectful to a lot of people who have been on the show or have been trying to get on the show, and I'm like, no, 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 you guys have to wait. So... I wanted to have, uh, I came up with an idea afterwards that why didn't, why don't we make this Eclipse episode? And Josh, you stepped up huge, like not, I didn't even ask. You just kind of came up out of nowhere. And I wanted to get to the bottom of, of this. I wanted to ask you like, what the hell compelled you <laughs> to go back and listen to all these episodes and like timestamp everything? Like everything that people are hearing today is thanks to you. What the he- Why? Why, Josh? Well... Well, you put out a thing on Twitter saying, hey, if anyone has any suggestions, and I have a job where I, I can throw my headphones on and, and for the most part, listen to quite a bit of podcasts throughout the day. I mean, there's always interruptions and whatnot. Um, but at first, I was like, oh, okay, I'll kind of skim through, and I, I had a couple in my head that I remembered them, like, oh, I really like this episode, really like that episode. Yeah. And so... I listened. I listened to a couple random ones. I, I don't want to say random, but I listened to you know like ones in the fifties and sixties. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go and listen to the first one with Seamus. Oh god! And it kind of just <laughs> kind of just snowballed from there. You know, I, I mean, I ended up kind of having a method to my madness. I would, you know, no offense, but I, I would skip, skip your me. intro. Yep. <laughs> um, because it, it was always like what your week's about, which is which is great at the time. But you know, when you're going back and you're looking for clips, I would get right to the interview, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
it, it ended up just being a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and it was one of those, well, maybe I'll listen to five or ten, and then it was, well, I'm in the 20s, and I'm in the 40s, and Holy so I just kind of just kept going, and I think I made it into the early 90s. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a bigger effort than it really was because I would skip the E3 stuff because that was right. all, you so know, kind of... So like 12 of, episodes there. Actually, right. even more than... Yeah, about I think it was twelve because you had you had the the three or you had the Xbox and mm-hmm. Nintendo, uh, the PlayStation, and then um, the before and the after. Right. Uh, That's how we skipped up to hundred to episode number one hundred, just in case anybody else was like wondering, like, what the heck? He's only been doing this for like a year and a half. What the hell? Yeah, I just I just cheat the system. Actually, I think there's a couple more episodes in there too. I think we did like a Gears of War review, and I think we did a Forza Horizon thing with, yep. with Brock McLaughlin. With Brock, which, yeah, which was awesome and oh my goodness well it's i don't sell yourself short man because like that takes even just to jot down the notes i think is so sweet and i wanted to make sure that i took some time and um you know we obviously have everybody else coming back for for a special uh segment here and you absolutely had to have uh, a portion um in this episode so i just wanted to to thank you so much and is there anything else any other comments you have about uh going back and like listening through and changes in the show or anything do you miss anything that that we used to do or i don't know like any what what's come up as you there must well, be well you know it, it was it was fun to see your progression you know from from the beginning and kind of to see your confidence grow um e- even the the haze you know from the hey it's me the, I- hey! <laughs> <laughs> um which which was a lot of fun but but even more so than that it was just fun to go back and you know i've listened to all these before Mm -hmm. but you hear so many different uh insights into people's lives and i mean you see the commonality in gaming but then you also see you know you see these these touching stories you see a lot of funny stories and you just get a feel for these these people Mm -hmm. and even though we all have all these different backgrounds i mean you were interviewing people up in canada in the states in japan yeah man i mean anywhere and, and everywhere but yet we still have that common tie and you know it, it was just it was it was a lot of fun there was a lot of things that i would hear and, and remember and it, it brought back these good memories but then there are also a lot of uh little things that i forgot too um so basically it's just the human interest side of things which was what kept pulling me back and kept me listening to more and more and more oh, man I, and as I'm going through these clips as well, I'm thinking the same. I'm like, man, I should go back and listen to everyone. It's a, it's a, it's different for me just being like half of the voice on these things too. So it's trying not to be a, an incredible narcissist as well. This is definitely a celebration of, of everybody else. And I wanted to take this time just as we wrap up this quick segment here um, to thank you for inspiring me through your work with Cool Night. You've recently started up uh, your YouTube stuff. So I wanted to give you a quick chance to go ahead and tell everybody if they haven't already checked it out, they absolutely should because I can't wait to do something like that with with Link. I'm just gonna rip off your format and just and just do yeah. it like this. Right now he doesn't look like he's gonna, he's just <laughs> chewing away on my wrist. But but Lincoln and I will he'll definitely be, there be doing before you know like it. that. Yeah, yeah he'll man. be there before you know it. Well so we started this YouTube channel called Raising a Gamer, and what it is is I got the idea, um, I'd say mainly from Married to the Games, one of the questions that was asked a lot of times on that show is, you know, hey, I have a son or daughter that's, you know, five or six or seven, when do I start playing games with them, what do I start? And so my son's uh, nine, almost ten years old, 
and he's really into you know really into the typical stuff Minecraft, um, this game called Terraria. But then mm-hmm. he's into the Mario. Yeah, uh, he, he's into a lot of different games. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start playing these different games with him. I I have a love for retro games along with new stuff, and so I just started going out at garage sales, finding things, and we're just playing a ton of old games and then we uh, and new ones too. And then we'll make a short video where we just kind of give our reactions and kind of see, you know, his thoughts on it. And it's been a blast. It's so awesome. So tell everybody where to find you on the internet and where to find your channel and all of that stuff. So, so the channel is called Raising Gamer, um, and the Twitter handle handle for it is Raising Gamer. Uh, but then the one that I use more often is my Twitter handle Cred underscore eighty one. So come tweet at me, and we'll uh, we'll have a good time. I love it. Well, it's on the video version here as well, so everybody come check that out. And thank you again, Josh. There's thank you barely even seems to scratch the surface. It, I could not, this episode would not be what it is without you. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Okay, you guys, we are on the home stretch here. Thank you so much for listening or watching on youtube.com slash we the nerdy and supporting on patreon.com slash make us better. That's the whole reason this is video. That's the reason why we're still here. So thank you guys for even if you're not supporting on Patreon, if you're just listening, I am so grateful. And if you've been a guest on the show, I am so grateful. Uh, this next section is all about the street team and the Married to the Games crew. So we've got Spencer Stapleton from Fortress of Nerditude. Uh, we've got most of the Married to the Games crew. Uh, Tim Router, Gay Patillo, and Chris McCracken. And maybe I'll just have a moment of silence for for Ed Placencia. I had an episode. It's the it's the lost episode. I am so frustrated that I had it and it was amazing and it, it's gone. Um, so here's here's a quick, uh, we'll just insert what I've got from, from Ed's episode right here. That's it. That's all. Dead silence. There's nothing there. So we're going to start with Spencer and roll right into the Married to the Games crew. I spent a lot of time uh, over at Aladdin's Castle, or we had yes. this pizza place in DeKalb, which was like the next city over. And they had, it was really funny because we, we still go there when we end up getting back home, which granted, I haven't been home in like 10 years. But you would go on the main level, you'd go down like four steps, and you'd be like in this little, I don't know, just like this little like dingy area that all it had was uh, a TMNT arcade game. It had a Mortal Kombat game. Oh, yeah. It had, like, a Galaga and a Pac-Man. It was, like, four. Mm-hmm. There was, like, it wasn't much. But we played the mess out of TMNT. I mean, that game just, yeah, it saw a lot of quarters for me. And so we would beg mom and dad. they say, hey, what do you guys want to do? They're like, can we go get pizza? Can we go get pizza? And they'd say, okay, well, let's just order Domino's. No, 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 let's go to Pizzaville. Let's go to, P-. you know, we'd have to beg my dad to... You know, get back out, outside, you know, get in the car, pack up all of us kids and drive us, you know, like miles into the other town just so we could go play arcade games while we ate pizza. Oh, my God. And as a father now, as a father now, I understand how much work and effort that is after you've worked a full long day. You've been gone from the home for nine or ten hours and you're just exhausted. And so I give a lot of props to my dad back in the day because... That's that's a good dad move to to take your kids across town to let them play video games. 
You're yeah. at 200. You're in, you're in an upper echelon now. Like, what does this mean to you guys? Like, this is sort of, do you ever sit back and go, holy cow, we have been podcasting since before The Last of Us? We do that. We say that pretty <laughs> much every week. Yeah. We say, holy cow. Like, in fact, every time Gabe, sometimes Gabe doesn't remember what episode this is. And that's kind of our cue. Like, man, we've been doing this for this long. Mm-hmm. But it's not one of those, man, we've been doing it for this long. It's like, man, we've been doing it for this long. That's awesome. Like, I get so hyped up. But I, I could be really tired, like, right before we're ready to record and everything. And all of us, it's so funny. All of us, like, get on. We're all like, oh, man, I'm so tired. The minute <laughs> Gabe says, oh, yes, yes, y'all, everybody perks up. I know I'm like. I have a smile on my face. I'm all excited. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's like I'm there is rarely a time when I'm like, oh, man, I got to do the podcast. <laughs> it's just that's just how it is. It's just you only fell asleep once. I only fell asleep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. I totally tried to pull it off. I'm like, oh, man, they totally got me. I rewound that, that part was, a few times. I had oh, to yeah. listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, and I even told Hall, I said, Hall, you got to turn this up because you heard me breathing all heavy. <laughs> I gave him after that podcast. I mean, I gave him the the minute marker so that he knew exactly where it was. I'm like, oh, that was too good. I oh. just crashed, man. I was dying that day, dying. You're such a family. Like, it seems like you're just. I mean, not just seems. You are like yeah. a family oriented guy. Right from the very beginning, you get married. Yeah. You're like this is. I'm gonna provide. I'm gonna take care. Yes, like, yeah, very, yeah. like oh, where yeah. does where does that come from? Like what what was the example? I think wanting to not be like my dad. I think it's kind of where it came from. Uh And so I come from a broken home and, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't really grow with my dad around it. So that was, as I grew up, really important for me to have like a stable household where Mm -hmm. my children could come and where they could bring their kids and feel like home. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I think that's where, you know, where a lot of people, you know, we hear it all the time. Like, you know, I'm predisposed to this because my parents, blah, 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 blah. But I think my personality just, you know. And I and my mom said that I always was drawn to families. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, I'd always like to go stay at families' house. Like if oh, I had yeah. a buddy and his parents were married, I'd love to go stay at their house. Right. And so you know, I did a lot of that. I guess coming up and um, and so yeah, I, I think it was just not having it growing up. And then my wife didn't have it either. She came from a broken home, and so we both were like pretty dead set on like man we would love our family like this now can crazy stuff happen sure of course none of us are perfect uh people make mistakes but as far as we're concerned we're like you know we know what those mistakes look like sure we've both seen them in our different families in different ways and let's just try to avoid those situations Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i mean you know people might think that you know we're not real like we're not real strict on it's not like i can't be in a car with a girl or something like that but you know just you know as far as like you know just relationships with the opposite sex and like oh me and christy were talking and we went out to lunch and we were just cracking up like we just you know we try not to just because we have it in our past you know what i'm saying so we try not to (laughs) we try not to do that i have my first coming in april oh congratulations thank you i it was a lot of hard work Uh, (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) yeah i don't feel sorry for you at all but i'm i'm taking like the like the timothy hall route of just like maybe i just pull back walk away like i don't know like yeah i i just i have no idea what's happening sure. so maybe it's because this is now the third you have a better idea yeah of what maybe to expect but like can we expect more from you yeah like, i'm the you at all yeah i've got i've got i feel like i have grand visions for the podcast yeah. I, it's become something i love so much to do yeah, man. and so i base so much around it and uh 
And, you know, I mean, you know, I want us to be at, I want us to go to cons. I want us to go, you know, to E3 and and be able to cover stuff, do more video. And so I just got to figure out how to put things in place to make it easy. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. yeah, we could do video, and yeah. but it, it would be real daunting right now. Totally. And so I just want to make it easy. That's why I'm trying to get, you know, you, you've seen all my stuff sitting over here. So I want to I want to make it a run and gun situation sure. to where I can... Where it just makes it easy to edit, easy to do. Mm-hmm. The sound comes through the the you know because right now I do video and sound separate, right. and then put it together, and then you know. Um, so I want to do more stuff like that. I want each you know one hundred thing to grow. You know we've mm-hmm. we've now celebrated one hundred episodes, then two hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. I want episode like I have like these grand visions for episode three hundred. I don't know if it'll happen. Maybe it gets pushed to four hundred, but like. You know, I, do you want to just wanna... like race to get there though? Like almost like you you kind of go. Well, we're locked in every week. Yeah. Like, do you ever think like, well, how can we get there even soon? Because I want I'm you guys to get there way. sooner. I'm I know. Like, Come on. I'm even, the same I missed, way. I missed two hundred. I'm like, I cannot believe I didn't go. This would have been a phenomenal <laughs> yeah. year to go. Yeah, yeah. I feel so terrible. I'm so glad we got a chance to meet here. Yeah, man. But now I'm like. So maybe what about like like two fifty? Like, <laughs> I know. Or like we talk about it all the time. We're yeah. like we need more things to celebrate just yeah. to get back because it really did stay with me for like two and a half months yeah. after we did two hundred. Mm-hmm. I was like on a cloud, just getting to hang out with everybody yeah, and man. and being so humbled by all the people that came. Well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I needed to start with a question for you that comes straight from Bobby. I was just recording it for Nintendo with him, and he wants to know why you hate Nintendo. I don't. I don't hate Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't hate Nintendo, but here's the thing. So, I have nostalgia for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like cuz I had the NES, I had the SNES, I had um I had the Nintendo 64, and that was the last Nintendo console that I bought. I didn't I never had a GameCube. We did have a Wii for a short time when I me and my wife got uh married. She had a Wii. Cuz everybody so, had a Wii. Yeah, everybody in the world. It's like had everybody a Wii. had a um, microwave. Uh-huh. Had a Wii. And then I gifted that to my nephew, and we didn't get the Wii U. She kind of didn't really care one way that she really mm-hmm. just got it because she, like everybody, like, oh, I want to play the dance game and play the bowling and whatever. Mm-hmm. So when the Wii U was around, I was like, are you wanting this? And she's like, ah, no, nah, I'm, I'm kind of over that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I don't, okay, here's, <laughs> here's what I don't like. And this, it's really weird because what I'm about to say pretty much only applies to the gaming world. Right. It doesn't. I really don't apply this standard I'm about to give you to technology mm-hmm. or cars or any other thing. And I don't know why it is. It's maybe it's just because gaming is my main focus. I don't know. But I don't like what I perceive as arrogance. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. So, so like coming when, from a company? Yeah, coming from, from a company, like from a gaming company, but mm-hmm. a studio, a platform holder, a developer, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Not saying that sometimes it's not due because they've you know done a great job, but I'm just saying I don't like it when people get go on to the level of arrogance, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So you see Sony, they had the whole – they were on flying high with PS2. PS2. And then PS2 comes out and they're like, you'll get another job, 599 US dollars. And you know what? The market was like, nope. Mm-hmm. And then they were made to eat humble pie. And they were like, oh, geez, you know, and, and they really turned it around and became all friendly again. And then there can be debate whether they're starting to revert back to old Sony right now and blah, blah, blah. But they, they kind of like made amends. They're like, mm-hmm. OK, OK, sorry. Microsoft Does, had the same thing. They, like I they know. 360 and then, then <laughs> Xbox One comes out. They're like TV, TV, TV. 
you know, we can't just remove the connect. You can't turn off DRM. You can't flip a switch. Then when they do, they remove the connect. They flip a switch because people are like, nope. Mm-hmm. So then Nintendo comes out with the Wii U and just, you know, all their weird stuff that they do, which I understand, you know, they're Nintendo, they can have their own thing, but like no real online. I mean, they're starting to get into that now. And just all the little things you know, like region locking, all this crazy stuff. And I feel like they've never apologized or ate humble pie or been like, ah, oh, sorry about that, you know, guys. And they're, And I don't feel like their fans, for the most part, hold them accountable. Episode 100 is almost finished, but we would never have even started if it wasn't for the kind of funny community. So I think that it's fitting that we end out the show with the last real segment. We'll have a a special little something at the very end, but the the last segment here is dedicated to the kind of funny community. So we've got Blessing at AOE Jr., Ian Prashel. Ben Bellevue and Zyger, of course. There's so many other people who have been, who have come onto the show uh, as part of the kind of funny community, but there's a couple clips here that we wanted to have as uh, as part of the end. Kind of funny. Here it is. My dad moved to Nigeria uh, mm-hmm. away from our family to become a missionary and open up like a church and hospital and orphanage uh, oh, wow. in Nigeria. Yeah. And so uh, basically I moved there when I was 11 uh, to kind of live with him for a little bit and kind of spend some time with him. But just uh, your dad? Yeah, it was just my dad. Now my mom lives there too. Okay. Uh, but my mom stayed behind to kind of take care of the kids and make sure that like we got through school and all that stuff because we still uh-huh. like we had to like finish up like college and high school and, and all that stuff. I was still very young, mm-hmm. uh, and so like I ended up yeah going there for middle school. Um, and I thought I was gonna be there for like either like until after high school for the rest of my life. But I ended up coming back uh, because my parents were like, well, if you want to if you want to get him into like a good college, you should probably go to high school in America. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how that, that's how that happened. Holy crap. Okay. We're not, you were just going to skip over that. This is, I mean, this, <laughs> I mean, we don't really have topics here. We dance all over the place, but I need mm-hmm. to, I need to understand this because I'm always interested in like the, an immigrant story or just picking up and moving completely somewhere else. And you've sort of done that mm-hmm. twice just by moving there and then coming back. And this is happening for you at an age that you are totally aware of your surroundings. You've come to know life as it is in America. And then just to move, like, so first I want to ask, like, what was your first reaction as your dad is saying, like, this is the plan. Everybody else is staying here. I'm going to go there. Like, how is that? Is it something that is just part of your family? Like, it's just so part of your family values that, of course, dad's going over to Nigeria for missionary work. Or was it still Mm -hmm. a bit of a surprise and was it jarring for the family? Uh, I think the process of him like moving to Nigeria was so slow that I oh, was okay. like, that by the time he did, we're all kind of like accepting of it, mm-hmm. um, and pretty like supportive of it too. Uh, and by the time like I got the news that I was going, I think I kind of, I I always at the point had wanted to go to Nigeria just because okay. I didn't really know what Nigeria was like, and so I was kind of excited, kind of like scared, kind of sad, kind of it was a large mix of emotions. Totally. Um. At the time, I want I, I wanted to go though, but like by the t- well, f- funny thing is like the the moment I got there, I was like, oh, what did I do? What have I oh, done? Oh, really? Because like it was it was so different. Um, and like nowadays, I don't regret that decision at all because it's probably one of the best decisions I made in my life is to like go live in another country for a couple years. Yeah. Um, but at the time, like as an eleven year old moving to like <laughs> Africa, oh my god, isn't like the is is it's not is at the time is is kind of mind blowing. It's not like the the thing that you realize that you kind of need. Um, so yeah, I got there and I was like, this place is just different. Like what struck you immediately? Uh, I think the style of living, uh, like 
there's a lot more there's a lot more poor people there there's like a lot more i remember like seeing all the people on motorcycles and being like why are there so many motorcycles uh motorcycles are are common to use as taxis in nigeria and like, as i guess taxis? a lot of african yeah you can't yeah. even use taxis as as cabs in video games oh yeah and it, it, like, also it's very dangerous obviously like, yeah yeah <laughs> which is why you probably don't see them as much as in america because like in nigeria like the reason why they work out so well as taxis is because like the the motorcycles just like maneuver around everything and there's always sure. traffic and so like it, it it was one of the things where i was just like okay, take a I back guess, road somewhere yeah exactly or like let's just like well, ride in between traffic the whole way there but it's also like a video game tournament hall essentially oh yeah of course yeah so uh you can like play smash brothers you can play injustice you can play all these cool games so uh my girlfriend played blessing in a game of injustice and won Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right, here we are." And then a bunch of people cheered, like, "Yeah, Gaudi, you did it!" And she's like, "I did it!" And I was like, "You did it!" Like, it was this whole big thing where everyone was celebrating, and it was just this fun thing with like a bunch of friends drinking beers and like hanging out and playing oh, games. Awesome. So that was that was that the was first one. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second moment was so after everything finished, it was this kind of somber moment where I was like, "Oh man, it's over." You know, I'm heading back to Japan, and uh, I I had met I don't know if you know these guys, but the four Yanks, one Aussies. Do you know those boys? Yep. I know so, of them. I haven't. I haven't jumped on the on the show yet, but I, I know NATO's been talking about that. I've got to. I've got to add yet another show to my my podcast list. Here. There you go. I'm so getting they're, there. They're good boys, and uh, the thing about them is that uh, we made a joke. One of the guys on the show, Cassidy, we made a joke that we were going to see each other at the airport, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, probably not," because I'm an international flight, and you're going to to Seattle or whatever. Right. Uh, and uh, I was like, "Hey, but you know, maybe never say never." So I'm walking down in the airport. And I look down and I see a guy that looks like Cassidy. I'm like, no Cassidy. way. And there he is with his bags right there at the same time as me. His flight was one hour after mine. And uh, we sat down. We grabbed some food. We just sat down. And we just like kind of reflected on the whole trip and like how we felt about everything. And if we were unsure about something, we just talked about it. Mm-hmm. And we just had a nice heart to heart. And it was like, all right, I've talked to this guy like what? Maybe for like six hours total on Skype or whatever or on, on Discord or whatever. And on Twitter sometimes, right? You know, I've been on their show once. And I was like, this guy, I went from not ever meeting him online or not ever meeting him in person ever to sitting in the airport, having a heart to heart with him, like being so sad to leave him. And like, I was like, this is one of like 40 people that I met this weekend. And like, it was this this perfect, like, you know, wrap up of the bow essentially on that trip where I was able to like, I was like concerned about like one or two things, you know, about how I was portraying myself at the event. If I was like too much or too little or whatever. And I just talked to him about that, and like we both like kind of reflected on the positives, the negatives, and all that sort of stuff. And it was just a great, yeah. great end. They, I'm not going to say get along, yeah, because I think that's an over would be an overestimation. Civil. They can be civil around each other. Um, they don't hate each other by any means. Um, and yeah. I don't really, and in a lot of ways, I don't think they're worse now than they gotcha. were when they were married. Um, they have new issues because like. My dad's upset that my mom divorced him, but for the most part, their relationship and their dynamic is very similar to what it was when they were married, which is just, you guys should not be together. Right. right. You probably shouldn't be in the same room. Um, and then as for me, I'm fine with both of them. Um, my dad and I have our share of issues. Um, Mm -hmm. he's, I mean, I'm very different from him in a lot of ways. Um, so that just raises problems. Um, but we still, I still love him. We still see each other and get along. I just went to Comic-Con with him for like 
three days. That's um, awesome, dude. It is. Yeah. Um, that's been our thing for like seven years. And nice. So that's like we we still have a good relationship. I'm seeing him literally tomorrow. Um, yeah. So it, it's not bad. Um, but it, the divorce definitely, you know, creates friction sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I always joke that I have an uncle who works at Nintendo. <laughs> However, I, as many people did when they were little kids. Mm-hmm. However, I validate this because Nintendo likes releasing on my birthday. Mm-hmm. The Wii U released my birthday. The ne- Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Sun Moon came out on my birthday. The Nintendo 64 came out on my birthday. The Game Boy Color. The Nintendo Wii came out the day after my birthday. Oh my god, it's, you have the yeah, best n- birthday ever. Yeah, n- and yeah, Nintendo releases things on my birthday. There are several other games that came out on my birthday. It's like, oh yeah, my, uh, I have an uncle that works at Nintendo. And then other kids are like, no you don't. I'm like, oh yeah, the one that does come out on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And this, and this, and this. Yeah, it's th- like, I totally trick people to do that. Thank you guys for listening to episode 100 or watching it on youtube.com slash we the nerdy. This is on video. Thanks to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash make us better. I'm so grateful for you guys for listening and supporting the show and being on the show. Uh, man, this has just been such an amazing ride. Remember, follow the show at we the gamer cast because we're going to have some information out. Tell me your favorite game. I got a special Google form. Your favorite game of all time gets you into a contest to win one month of EA access. I know most of you just hate on Xbox, so I guess for those of you who like Xbox, the chances are, are pretty good. Um, I'm going to close out the show with, uh, with a special moment. I was going to, I don't know, I, I think some of you might know this. I know uh, Bobby has, has shared this story a number of times, but I wanted to, I, I feel like there's really only one way to close out the show. And uh, there was a fateful episode, uh, probably five or six into this version, I think episode 16, when the Geek Guru approached me and wanted to be on We The Gamer Cast. At the time, I was really struggling with finding my voice, finding a way to do this uh, in a time efficient way. Things were taking me way too long. And I was just getting, I was getting a little frustrated questioning why was I doing it? And then I had an amazing time, a fateful episode with the Geek Guru telling me story after story. Bobby had me in stitches. And at the very end, he said something very, very special. Uh, I'm going to close it out with this. Thank you for listening. We're going to be back next week with episode 101 but before we close out the show really quick thank you to our executive producers nick militia from next level games jesse armstrong joel brooks james johnson dr doom sheldon benedict and glocko schaefer you guys are amazing all of our patreons at patreon.com slash make us better you guys are fantastic thank you so much this show is video thanks to you and here let's let's close things out with a special moment with the geek guru now the nintendo guru my boy Bobby Pauls. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'll see you next week. Well, let me say I something am... before. I've already, I've okay. already taken like an hour and something of your show. Let's just keep going. We're just gonna, you know, I'm taking over your show, all right? We're just going to keep going. <laughs> I just want to tell anybody this. Anybody that's listening to this right now, I pray that you do two things. You go check out everything that Sean is doing because he's doing great stuff. He's doing he's doing God's work for us lowly podcasters and getting us <laughs> the limelight a little bit. But also, if you are doing podcasts and things like that, shoot him a message. Get on this show. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I've guessed on quite a few shows. Um, 
and this is this has been by far one of my my most favorite episodes that I've done for somebody just because I don't know why it was just it was great you know we're talking about stuff that I, I really enjoyed talking about it was carefree you know you, you cut the chains off my jaws and just let me go which everybody that knows me knows that's a mistake but you you braved it and you were bold um just kidding not kidding about the, the, the me not shutting up because I'm definitely a, a long-winded person but but honestly like check out Sean's stuff following Sean Capri like the pants he says that all the time on Twitter <laughs> check him out seriously but he's a good guy like when I sent him the message and said hey you know I'd like to come on the show I was worried that he'd be like you're you're a nobody I'm not bringing you on the show are you nuts then I realized he brought Josh Brandt on and I thought if he brought Josh Brandt on He'll bring anybody on. This guy's it's desperate. It's open so. season. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Josh. I'm just kidding. But um, no, seriously, check out check out everything that Sean's doing. Oh man, well if you, I don't I don't do the video on my on my PC here, but if you could see me, I'm just totally red. You've absolutely warmed my heart. That's and, uh, good. Thank you, that's man. Good. That's that's very kind words. I really I, appreciate I don't it. mean any of it. I'm just hoping to get a second invite it's just back. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But... Just hoping that he'll be like, this guy's really awesome. I'm gonna bring him back again. It's like I could give two shits about you, Sean. Don't follow nothing. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's all right. I know no, what New Jersey's all about. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, um, actually, before we go, I do want to like maybe we'll. Talk about this offline too, but yeah. I've got a, a a friend of mine for Christmas. He gave me well, he gave me a, a gift card to uh, to Best Buy, which is great. But he also gave me a giant two hundred pound box full of Nintendo Power. So I'm going to take some pictures crap. of them. I don't know what to do with with them. I think they're amazing. They're all in great shape, um, but they've been sitting ever since Christmas. I don't know. I, I'm in the like we were talking about before with space. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with these mm-hmm. things, but I'll let you know. We'll work something out. Yeah, um, maybe I could ship a couple of your way. Uh, but that would be that. great, man. I really appreciate you coming by and and chatting with us. We're just talking about old times, and that's what it's all about. I absolutely Indeed. love it. Indeed. Jason, 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 Jason! Sean! Sean! where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!